Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. Kerry Davis and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Appreciate everybody tuned in today. It's the Fast Lane 201. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We have our Super Bowl matchup. It will be Patrick Mahomes. Who else? I'm the idiot who said uh, you ah, the Lamar and Havens. And oh, Kerry was right there with the you. Dude, I, I couldn't have been more wrong about every single facet of the AFC Championship game, down to Marquez Valdez-Scantling oh. <laughs> making yet another great catch. I w- You wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl had I run the Chiefs roster. I was cutting him after that Monday night game. I got to tune in a little bit to Friday's show, and I you guys are talking about, well, what, you know, what do the Chiefs need to do to win this game? And Kerry goes, they won't. They won't. They won't. <laughs> it's Jamie over. asked a great question. And I explained to him, there's nothing that they can do. Kerry took out a sledgehammer and smashed my question to pieces. I did. And I was wrong. (laughs) Couldn't have been more wrong. The the Ravens' offense, you know, was uh, non-existent. They had some opportunities. You get down to the goal line. You you fumble into the end zone and turn the ball over. You just don't do enough. I mean, defensively, they actually – now, I would have to ask a question if anybody knew that Travis Kelsey was on the roster in the first half. Because the Ravens defense clearly forgot that he is now the all-time leading receiver in NFL history in postseason, passing one Jerry Rice. I don't know that they knew he was on the roster because he was thrown to every single play. In fairness to the Ravens, they doubled Noah Gray. Ah, that's what it was. They thought that was Kelsey. Like, oh, they're fooling us. Did he wear yellow gloves, too? he, I can see the yellow gloves, confusion. white tight ends. Like they got confused. But yeah. they do have different numbers, correct? They're not. Even, they're not even the same human being. Okay. But to sure. the Ravens, they're like, no, let's double up Gray. He's going to be their guy. Lock him down. Yeah, Travis is going to be distracted. <laughs> yeah, because Taylor's here. Yeah, he was dying. The world's still awesome. pissed off about Taylor, aren't they? Oh, just stop it. What are they doing? It's What's fine. their problem? Who cares? She's know. at a football game. She's having a good time. Like, come on. Okay, so I wanted to lead off by saying, look, Chiefs fans, I know you, I know you don't want me. I wouldn't want me either, okay? But I am all Mahomes oh, here from here on out. Here we go. From henceforth. From, from, from henceforth, on. I will not pick against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> from now until Super Bowl's over. <laughs> this For, is it. Forever. In perpetuity. Patrick is carrying eyes Mahomes, okay? <laughs> I'm not picking against him anymore. We're rolling. I, all Mahomes. <laughs> 
Until, He's on the Chiefs roster. We're going with him. Yeah, you you should do that. That's my pick for the Super Bowl. It's not a horrible. I'm not going to change. Not, not a I'll take idea. the 49ers then. <laughs> yeah, not a bad approach. <laughs> not a bad approach. He's uh, he is well rested, isn't he, Marsh? He's he's got the zingers today. He didn't, oh, yeah. he didn't work on Friday, yeah. so he's well rested. He's got the zingers out. Here we go. Ready to roll. All right, we do have to though. Uh, we'll get into the Chiefs and Ravens in detail. We have to start off with the NFC Championship game, though. Oh, let's talk about the Chiefs and Ravens for a oh, little bit. Oh, Jamie. No, Jamie, you... So, Carrie and I couldn't be more wrong in the AFC Championship game. You kind of forecasted ah, Dan Campbell. You did. You <laughs> said you were said worried about Dan Campbell and, and a decision that Ugh. he would have to make at some point and it costing his team. You kind of foreshadowed this. Yeah, I don't feel good about it, Anthony. Are you, Usually, I'm happy to be right. I'm not happy to be right today. I brought my popcorn here, though, because yeah. here's the thing. The blame game has started mm-hmm. with the Lions stuff. And I feel like Jamie and Carrie are on opposite sides of the blame game. Oh, wow. So yeah. where are you with Dan Campbell so, not going for, not taking the points several times? So <laughs> a couple things here. The second it's one. Multiple times. The, the second one, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. And look, let's just be honest here. Your kicker's not the greatest kicker in the NFL. And overall, this season, the Lions were 34% of fourth down conversions. Somewhere in and around what their kicker is for like 40-plus yard attempts or 45-yard-plus attempts, which would have been a 48-yard attempt in the last one. So I have no problem with that. Where I have the problem is where they're up by 17, and he doesn't go for... He doesn't add the points on at that point. You get up by 20, that's three touchdowns now. That's a daunting ask for anybody. Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers, Montana, you put any quarterback over there, and that's a daunting task. Let alone Brock Purdy, who did not have a great first half. No, he didn't. He didn't, okay? That's where I think the mistake lies. The first one, I thought it was a mistake to go for it. I thought, in my head, I'm like, you put the points on the board, you continue to apply pressure back to the 49ers because you have this lead and now all of a sudden they're looking up at the clock every time there's a stopped run they're looking up at the clock because that thing's ticking away it's ticking away now not only does execution become the enemy the clock becomes the enemy at the same time Mm -hmm. so that to me was a mistake overall in theme though dan campbell has done this the other side of my brain goes this is why the lions are there This is why they had that opportunity, is because Dan Campbell made these decisions consistently and believed and bet on his guys. And he did it again in the most important game of the season, and it didn't work this time. Had it worked, there would be a statue being made of Dan Campbell right now in the city of Detroit. So that's where I stand with it. I would have put the points on the board early. The second one, to me, I had no problem with the fourth down. I didn't have a problem with really any of it. He took the points before halftime to go up by by 17. Mm-hmm. It was a great decision. You're on the three-yard line. He wanted to be aggressive there, but he understood in that moment you had to kick the field goal. The fourth and two. This is why I, I talk so much about players. Because I can call the greatest play in the world, but if my players don't execute it, it does not matter. That's a first down if Josh Reynolds catches the ball. Ugh. It's a pitch and catch. It was a mistake by Josh Reynolds. He did not catch the ball. Then you have uh, the big play by Ayuk where the ball bounces off oh, of the, 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 the cornerback's face mask, the, DF, the DB's face Keep mask, on the ball. and he catches okay. it. That's a player not taking care of his business. So you turn the ball over. The 49ers take a big shot. Brandon Ayuk makes, makes a hell of a catch because who keeps concentration when the ball bounces off a defender? They score. 
The next drive, a player puts the football on the ground. The next play, the next offensive play, your players let you down in that game. Dan Campbell, for as much, and, and here's the thing about Dan Campbell and any great coach, he will never say that. He will take the blame for it. He will stand there in front of it, let all of the people that don't know bleep about football attack him because you went for it on fourth down. Yeah, I did. It was a hell of a play call, and we didn't catch the ball. Mm -hmm. He's not going to say that. But that's what happened. Josh Reynolds would be the one to say that. Yeah, that was a great call. I didn't take care of my business. The only complaint that I have about Dan Campbell's play calling was the end of the game where they decided to try to run the ball in Mm -hmm. and got stopped on the goal line and had to burn a timeout. If worse comes to worse, you try on three downs, you pass it into the end zone, you don't get it, you kick a field goal, now you still have your three timeouts. You can kick a an onside kick, which the percentage is low and we all know, or you can kick it deep and force the 49ers to try to get a first down. They did neither because they had to burn a timeout because they tried to run it in. That's the only decision that I can look at and say, that's probably a decision I don't make. Have no problem with going for it on fourth down. Have no problem with anything that they did. They threw another pass to Josh Reynolds that hit him right between the, oh, yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. the where the zeros are. It hit him right in the sternum. That's a bad spot. That's what they say, Anthony. They say, throw it right in the numbers. Yeah. My coach mm-hmm. would say, if it was an arrow, it would have killed you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where it hit him, right in the sternum. It, there is no better p- ball placement than that. And they don't get the well. they don't get the first down. And they turn the ball over. They have to punt. So, when you talk about... Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, what they didn't do, the players made the mistakes, and that's what cost the Detroit Lions at the end of the day. I will not let anybody slander Dan Campbell for his decisions because his team didn't make the plays that were required to to win that game. Yeah, I'm going to slander Dan Campbell real quick. (laughs) I, I I didn't like the first fourth down call. I thought that if you give the ball back to them, you give them a 50-50 shot at gaining momentum back into that game, which is exactly what happened. The, the, the defense makes a huge stop. The offense, which had nothing going for them all game, they get the ball in good field position, and they end up going down. They get a nice play. Brandon Ayuk makes a great catch. Things like that happen. And then they score. Then you get the crowd back into that game. If they were at Ford Field, I... I wouldn't mind the call, but you have to you have to consider the elements into that game. One, you're not playing the Rams. You're not playing the Buccaneers. You're playing the best team in the NFC with the high, like a high octane offense, and you let them back into that game based off of that call, that one specific call. And like Jamie said, you make it a 20 point game. It comes down to time and possession, and I'm not sure if the 49ers end up having enough time left in that game to get things done. Plus, your offense is now on the the ropes now because, oh, man, now, like, Jamie, you, you put in the in the group chat, there's a 10-point swing right there. Yeah. Then they get the ball back. They have all the momentum now, and I believe the, the game changed on that call. It did. Kerry, you had mentioned mentioned something about when to go for it. It's 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 a, it's basically situational, right? It's a feeling. It's a feeling, but it, but it's situational. The play call was great. The the execution well, the, yeah. was not. The second Josh one Reynolds. was mid. Well, the rollout with the missed pass—that's on Jared Goff, in my opinion. The first, the first, the one you're talking about with Josh Reynolds dropping it. You're right. I mean, it would have it would have been a first down and all that. However, it. Th- 
his decision making comes down to what is the situation in the game in my opinion now, i know he's he's gone for it more than anybody he kind of lives and dies by that jamie you had mentioned that okay so he decided to continue to go for it right but what is the situation in the game you had an opportunity to make it a three possession game mm-hmm. possessions are the only thing things that matter in football yeah. it is possessions are gold the number of possessions you have compared to your opponent based on the clock that is the only thing that matters when it comes to fourth whether or not to go for it on fourth down or kick the field goal it is we could talk about i believe in my players and all that. that's fine but when you come to when it comes down to winning a football game number of possessions what's the score what's the t- how much time is left on the clock three possession game changes the changes a lot when it comes to that moment tying the football game changes potentially a lot if it's 27 to 27 yes he's got to make the he's got to make the kick three possession game in the third quarter you don't get unlimited possessions carry you're right reynolds dropped the ball gibbs fumbled there was a lot that that went on that is also the player's fault when it comes down to those specific calls in a vacuum take the points i don't i i just i don't see it that way because at the end of the day the opportunity for the player to make a play was present and the player on three different occasions did not make a play josh reynolds dropped a pass the defender dropped an interception that hit him in the face mask and brandon Ayuk makes a hell of a catch and then jameer gibbs fumbles on the very next drive you're still up 24 17 when Jameer Gibbs puts the ball on the ground, and I think the the 49ers uh, on their own uh, 20-25 yard line. Mm -hmm. They're right now have an opportunity to tie the game up because your players did not do their job. You're right. And so I can't Your head coach didn't either, though. I can't, but I can't blame a head coach for putting me in a position to win and I don't do my job. That's on the players as a man. Yeah. The players today are not looking at Dan Campbell and say, you screwed us. They're looking amongst themselves and saying, we let you down, coach. We let you down because you had faith in us to catch a fourth and two pass, fourth down and two yards, and I dropped it. You had faith in us to make a big play on the back end, knock the ball, at least don't let Brandon and I, you catch it, bounces off my face mask, he catches it. You had faith in us to take care of the football. Anytime you hand a player the football, you know the life, our coach used to tell us, the life dreams hopes and aspirations of the organization are with you when you have the ball in your hand and you let it you put it on the ground and so now the life dreams hopes and aspiration of our organization are going to be sitting at home on super bowl sunday because we did not take care of the football i don't care what the coach did the players did not make a play and they lost that game that's to me that's the only thing that i can answer that that's the only way i see it I don't give a damn about going up by three possessions because guess what? If I catch the fourth and two, uh, the fourth down and two-yard pass, we probably at worst still kick a field goal and we're up by three possessions. Or we score a touchdown because they ain't stopped us yet. It would still be three possessions, though, right? It would still be three possessions, but it's more time gone. And it's more, if I score a touchdown in that situation, the game is over, essentially. Now San Francisco really has more to climb out of. But even if I kick a field goal, it's still a three-possession game with more time burnt off to the clock. They just didn't catch. They didn't do their job. That's just how I saw it. 
I just didn't like the pass play on fourth and two. Your running game had been slicing through the 49ers. But it was Gibbs, wide open, Jamie. But, I know, but Montgomery and Gibbs had been do, having their way with the 49ers. You need two yards. I don't know why you pass it there. I don't know why he didn't catch it there. I agree. I don't know why he didn't <laughs> kick a field goal. I don't either. I like the points in that particular moment. You talk, you talk about giving players opportunities, right? Well, Dan Campbell didn't because Michael Badgley's still sitting there saying, he looked kind of irritated my, on, on the sideline. Yeah. Dan Campbell believes in all his players. Well, he didn't believe in his defense. Except and he for didn't Michael believe Badgley. in his field goal kicker. That's correct. Hey, you think about it all offseason now. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Ouch. Why? Is it why? It's true. Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. The 49ers team is cooked. I don't know. They got a new animal called Brock Purdy. See that guy <laughs> rush the football? He did take my off. team has Mahomes. That's right. I said Your my team. team? Yeah. yeah. All right. Here we go. Yeah. All Chiefs now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I couldn't be more on the 49ers now. Good. That's fine. You want a personal rival the next two weeks? That's fine. I got Mahomes. You got nothing. All right? It's You're Anthony. Ch- hey, it's Anthony's Chiefs. We'll get into more of that here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Did not have a single snap inside the 25. Here's Kansas City from the 19. Throwing at the goal line. And it's caught by Kelsey for the touchdown. With Kyle Hamilton all over him. The matchup you wanted to watch. Kelsey wins it. You're the call yesterday on CBS as the Chiefs knock off the Ravens. I'm going to say this Let's a couple of times. Let's go Chiefs. Let's go Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. No, it feels okay. good. I won't. That's fine. No? No. Okay. I'm out on Mahomes. You t- I told you that. I'm out. Listen. You did. Guy. I respect your You're just mad. Thought. You're just, you know what I realized? What? You're, you're a Tom Brady fan, right? You're, there's yeah, a, yeah, there's a bit of concern no. that the new kid on the block. None. <laughs> Actually, Kerry, you, you my, my opinion has absolutely nothing to do with even football. Oh, what is it? Nothing. Okay. Yeah, you watch the Netflix series, Quarterback? I didn't see it. No, okay. I Okay, you watch that and you tell me <laughs> if that's not... It it swung the, the pendulum for me. I've seen it. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Too much. Uh, I gotta just, watch this. Oh, now, I'm do, now I'm done with uh, Reacher. It's, it's too oh, great just, show. I ended up liking Kirk Cousins more than Kirk Patrick Mahomes. Kirk, he's a good guy. Now, he's a great guy, but at first I said, you know, Kirk, he's kind of a dork, you know. Well, he still is. Yeah, I mean, he's still a dork, but I'd rather <laughs> hang out with him. He paid a lot of money. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You'll see. I'm going to watch it. Me and my son are going to check it out. So, check it out. So, Carrie and I were dead wrong how Man. we broke broke down the Chiefs and Ravens. <sighs> I was dead wrong on everything. I mean, absolutely everything about that game. I just watched it and said, "I this is the most wrong I've ever been. But I'm all in on Patrick Mahomes. Now, we did get an interesting text to 314-399-9646, the Air Comfort Service text line, which Marsh read to me in the break, and I wanted to oh, bring wow. it on air. Mm-hmm. Here we go. From the 636, I think I can speak for all of Chiefs Kingdom. We politely decline Anthony's request for a temporary membership as we are worried he will bring the Falcons juju and somehow ruin Mahomes and or the Chiefs in general. I mean, it's valid. It's kind of... Here's the thing. I appreciate you being uh, polite, but you don't have to be polite. I'll be right there with you, okay? Right there, Chiefs Kingdom. It's you and me, 636, and all of Chiefs Kingdom. That's what we call ourselves. Yeah, why, Anthony? 
Chiefs you, kingdom. You, you're, you're not, you're, you're not you're understanding. No, you're, no, you're, no, 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 Jamie. You're not understanding. Jamie, I don't want you. It, you got to read between the lines. And okay. I just did with the 6-3-6. Six, six. Uh-huh. So, feel really good about this. I, I don't, I don't mm, think Me, Gary, I don't think he I gets it. Mahomes, Kelsey, and the Swifties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got no. this. Anthony's feeling 22 right oh, now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I certainly am. He has Absolutely. no idea what you just said. No, no clue. No, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm assuming, yeah, assuming it's a song, but that's uh, yeah, fine. The the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know if you want to start with the Ravens or the Chiefs, I, boys. I would love to start with the Baltimore Go for it. Let it fire. Because I, I texted you all as a group at one point during the game because I love the position of running back. Like, it is it – is, it is the the position that gets everything going. I know a lot of people dismiss the running back position. They don't they look down on it. They don't pay enough attention to it. Justice Hill in pass pro. No thank you. No thank you. No thank you. I can do without it. It was the worst display of pass protection that I've ever seen and you got your quarterback hit too many times. I will tell you all a quick story. When I signed in Indianapolis, my coach the running back coach, Gene Huey, he, me and Rand Carthon, the, the current uh, Titans GM, were rookies. He sat us down in a room. He had a picture of Y.A. Tittle on the wall. The picture where Y.A. Tittle is bloodied on his knees in front of the goalpost. And he said and looked at me and, and Rand with, with sincerity. If number 18 ever looks like that because of one of you, you're done. You will never play here again. And I'm going to be fired right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> protect the damn quarterback is what the, the message we got out of that. Justice Hill and those running backs did not do a good enough job. And it's 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 unfortunate to beat up on one person. But a couple of those sacks were because of poor running back pass pro. A couple of them, he should have gotten sacked and Lamar was able to get out of it. It's just do your job, man. And at the end of the day, when I talk about sports in general, players have to play. They worked on that. The man got beat a couple of times, and you can't get beat man-to-man in pass pro and put your quarterback under duress and allow him to get hit in the face and not allow him to sit in the pocket and find his receivers downfield. Everybody else, for the most part, is doing their job. Ronnie Stanley got beat one time and almost got Lamar's shoulder ripped off of his arm, off of his body. But for the most part, the running back pass pro was, was atrocious, and that, to me, is part of the reason why they were unable to get anything going and just couldn't get it, couldn't get it moving, and they didn't run the ball with the running backs either. They 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 decided not to run at all. Yeah, I mean at all. They they, I don't I don't really understand. Pass, but no runs. Yeah, no runs to fake the. <laughs> and they did not credit credit Steve Spagnuolo. We all talked about it last week. How do you slow down Lamar? And we're like, well, you go after him, or why don't you just make him play quarterback, play in zone, rush with four gap discipline all that just just make sure you're you're mirroring him in the pocket keep him in the pocket and spag said okay i'll do the exact opposite i'm gonna blitz the ever-living crap out of lamar and it worked and todd munkin never had a counter i mean how many times do you see an a gap blitz and not not dump it off to the running back there was no screens is that on the coordinator or is that on on lamar too that's on the coordinator so lamar can't make his own decisions what I put on Lamar is when when you have when you're constantly being blitzed, where are you going with the football? Because he even when he was blitzed, he was not making quick decisions 
at all. That I will agree 100%. That's why I brought him up. Brady gets blitzed. He knows exactly where the ball needs to go out. He'll take the four or five-yard profits and keep it moving. Mahomes, when he is blitzed, that ball is out. Lamar stayed in the pocket. He made his job difficult last night. But Todd Munkin had zero counter for what Spags was doing. Spags owned Todd Munkin yesterday. It just was a bad it was a bad look for that offense. They didn't run the ball. And and for me, you're running a lot of play action passes, like or or what we call at least paint, giving the the look of a play action pass by the running back. What difference does it make if you never run the ball with the running back? The defense is checking out of there. That that look is supposed to keep the backers settling their feet and not dropping. But if you don't run the football, they have no reason to settle. They have no reason to come forward. They can drop, and now they're in the pass lanes, and now you have no open windows to throw the ball to. And then your running backs, and just the pass pro. I, one, I'm telling you, that to me, my running back coach in college, block, catch, run, in that order. Every running back can run the football. It's in the damn title. You should be able to do that. The superior ones, the ones that are going to be great, block, and they catch out of the backfield, and they run the ball well. If you can't do all three, you don't play for a long time on Sundays. And to me, watching that that effort was very lackluster. I just I thought that the moment was too big for all parties involved. I thought that the Chiefs, what they did is they exercised experience Mm-hmm. That's a group of individuals and coaches and just everybody that knew, hey, we've been here. We know what we're going to do. We have a plan. Let's see if they can counter it. Yep. And Lamar and Todd Munkin and all these other people sat there and thought that we've been doing this this all year. This yeah, We're fine. Just give the ball to Lamar. He's an MVP. He wasn't that. He wasn't, though, yesterday. He didn't make quick decisions. I thought that there were plays that were available where he was looking for a bigger, better play, and the time was going, was disappearing while he was in the pocket. And then once it disappeared, he was panicking out there. Mm-hmm. And then you know there were a couple of there was obviously the massive fumble on the goal line that played into it. That it's a heartbreaker too if you're a Ravens fan. Yeah. But I, I just I just didn't see Lamar being as prepared as he should have been, and that falls on the individual and it falls on the coaching staff as well. It should have been cerebral for him out there mm-hmm. to just be going through what they're supposed to be doing, right? And it wasn't. It was panic the you're, whole day. You, Jamie, you're absolutely right. You watched a team that did what it did in the regular season, and then thought, "We'll just do exactly that." They they had a slow first half against Houston before turning it on in the second half. But that was a Houston team that nobody had in the playoffs, and they 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 caught him with a right hook, and that was it. But this team didn't make any. They were like, well, we don't really have a counter. We, this is kind of what we do. Or the Ravens. Lamar, please, God, make a play. And he didn't. Or he did. And then Zay Flowers decided to taunt and stand over. Like, you can't make that mistake. Going, you know, trying to reach the ball over. How many times? I know it's instinctual. You're trying to score and all that. But you could, instead of being on the two or the one, you give the ball back when that game was still within reach. Otherwise, so I thought the Chiefs dominated. I know the final score was 17 to 10. I know the Ravens had opportunities. I thought the Chiefs dom- dominated them. And to Jamie's point, both losers in the conference championship games, they, they stuck with their philosophy that they had all season long mm-hmm. until it came against teams that have been there and done that in the postseason. Yep. They knew how to adjust, whereas these teams that were in the moment, the Ravens, the Lions, they didn't, and they ended up going home for it. Absolutely. The Blues. Blues red hot. We've been begging for a streak like this for a while now. 
What a road trip. And they get another victory over the weekend. This one in overtime. We'll break down the Blues run and what it means moving forward here. Next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Launches a pass to Shen. Shen, a partial break. Shoots. Score! The captain, the hero, the game winner. And bring out the Zamboni. The Blues are back in a playoff spot. They've won five in a row. And Braden Shen rips home the game winner to keep the streak rolling. It's a St. Louis Blues 4-3 win. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN, so the Blues get it done again over the weekend, and we've been talking about, hey, just get on a streak. you got to start compiling wins. You're getting to the all-star break. You can't keep going one win, one loss, two wins, two losses. If you want to make any headway in the Western Conference with the wild card, you got you got to put together a streak. Well, they've won five straight now. Five straight victories. Yeah, Beautiful. It's been it's they've been fun to watch. The Kings have been struggling a little bit, but that's still a good team that they they you know handed their lunch to. Four straight four three victories and started with a three nothing win over the Capitals. If you were to say, I know it's I know it's always a combination of things, Jamie. Sure, but if you were to say one thing that has helped spark the five game winning streak, what would it be? Secondary scoring. It's not just Thomas, Cairo, and Buchnevich. Sure. Braden Shen's on a heater right now. I think nine points his last nine games, five goals, a couple of overtime winners. Brandon Saad had a couple of goals. Jake Neighbors is scoring goals. Like, there's your secondary scoring. Mm-hmm. And that, that's basically that's the biggest key for me. You also have other guys that have raised their level of game. Matthew Kessel, guys, come, pretty much came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, he's on the depth chart to begin with, but he's. It was the depth chart. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, maybe. If you squint, <laughs> you maybe, right? Like, mm-hmm. we'll give him a chance. Maybe we'll get a cup of coffee. This kid was ready, man. He has stepped into this lineup, and he has been really good. He's yet to have a game with a minus as far as finishing minus. He's been scored on, like, once five on five, but then got it back because he was on the ice five on five. So he's been very dependable to the point where you're playing him up to 20 minutes a game in your top four. 
And then Scott Perunovich, we'll see. He's going to be held out of tomorrow night's game. He had an MRI today. Something wonky went on with his leg, his, his ankle. or It was a weird kind of thing. It didn't look terrible, but he left the game, never came back. But he's been really good. And it, what I like about it is it's been able to it's been able to slot Perunovic where he should be for regular shift standpoint. He should be a third-pair defenseman, regular shift. And then he should be a power play guy. And he's contributing. Last night, two assists. One was a fantastic play uh, on the power play, which I, I'll say this, that Scott Perunovic is up there amongst one of the best guys in the NHL at walking the blue line. And all that means is he gets the puck at the blue line, he has a guy staring at him in the eyeballs, and he walks the blue line, and then he'll open up the hips to make it seem like he's going to make a play backwards, and then he closes up the hips and keeps going, and that guy's frozen. And that's exactly what he did on the power play goal with Pavel Buchnevich. He starts up high at the blue line. He starts to head down the wall. He does a little hips thing. The top guy has to respect that the pass could go back up to the top, so he keeps his stick back towards the blue line. That leaves a gap now for Pavel Buchnevich to pop out. He makes a great pass. Now by the time the defending forward realizes it, Tries to get his stick back into the passing lane. It's not there, and it's a goal. Fantastic play there. And then the other one, such a high hockey IQ on this one, is where Robert Thomas makes the pass to Perunovic, and instead of just stopping the puck and passing it to Cairo, he just sort of skates through and deflects it and just goes a little ding, like a bank off his stick to to Cairo, who's all by himself, in motion, gets the puck, and scores. So to me, those are the biggest difference. You have young defensemen who have elevated their game, or come onto the scene mm-hmm. in Matthew Kessel's situation, and you've had secondary scoring from the other guys. When I'm watching that, I just, for me, you talk about Kessel, you talk about Perunovic, and I've talked about uh, neighbors, Jake Neighbors. When you have younger guys that they play in a style that doesn't feel like they are new to this. Like it, like they play like veteran players, like guys that have been around. They're not afraid to to, to get in the middle of it. They're not rushed. And I think that's one of the most important things. You know, Jamie, when you're a younger player, you sometimes you oh, crap, I got, what do I, when I watch Jake Neighbors, he looks like he has been playing in the NHL for about eight to ten years. Like, there's no rush to him. He had a, a situation where he was trying to pass it, uh, I think it was last game, and instead of passing, he just like, just very patient right in front of the net, wanted to pass it, nope, not open, I'm going to take the shot. He didn't make the shot, but it was the amount of patience there for a young player is amazing to me because when you are young, your your general tendency is to want to do things faster and get sped up, and they are not being sped up. And I think that, like the the, the ability for those younger players to come along as quickly as they have and play as well as they have, it helps everyone else. And, and this team is much better now than they were, you know, two months ago. Yeah, and I would, I would. You're right. You're 100 percent right. It makes a big difference. I would also throw on top of that uh, some really good goaltending from both Joel Hofer and Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington has been unreal in the month of January. And, in fact, Elliot Friedman, I'm going to pull this up here because Elliot Friedman had a report. You know, everybody was dogging on Jordan Bennington. And, you know, nationally, everybody's, oh, the numbers, the numbers. Well, Elliot Friedman, who's as dialed in as anybody in the hockey world, especially when it comes to Hockey Canada and, like, the Canadian side of it, said that – he was talking to a general manager the other day and said if Canada was playing game one of the World Cup right now or whatever they're going to call it next year or the Olympics or whatever, he said Jordan Binnington would be in the conversation to be the starter. Wow. There you go. It says a lot, Amazing. man. It says Beautiful. a lot. And he, he has been rock solid. And the one part about Jordan Binnington that I really admire the most this year and just getting to know him more and more, he's dialed in and he's calm. 
Like there's no there's no reaction one way or the other. He's confident in his abilities. He gets out there. He puts his work in. Uh, he does the video work. He does the on-ice stuff. He does his prep work. He does his breathing techniques. All this stuff. And it's got him in a really good place mentally. And then physically, I mean, his game speaks for itself right mm-hmm. now. I think going back to those young players that we talked about, Jake Neighbors, Scott Prunovich, Matthew Kessel, those guys have played in big moments coming up into the NHL. You have Jake Neighbors played in the Memorial Cup. You have Scott Prunovich won a national championship at Duluth. Matthew Kessel was a big part of that UMass team that finally won a national championship. So these guys have been in big situations. Now, not at the NHL level, but they have that experience when it comes to playing in big-time games. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing something right now that they hadn't been able to do all season long. It's getting down by one or two goals and not crumbling. Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, coming back and competing and winning these games. You get Calgary down by two. Come back, you win. Right in the last minute of play. Vancouver, you're up by two. You piss it away. Then you still hang on after that character win there. Seattle, down by two. Come back, win it in overtime. Again, last game. You're down, come back, win it. Like, something to be said about that right no now. No doubt. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's Fastlane on 101 at ESPN Blues, Blue Jackets. Pre-game at 6 o'clock. That game will be tomorrow night, and we'll have it for you here on 101 ESPN. Oh, one more thing, too, guys, is that awful power play been pretty Whoa. good in the last nine games 40 percent is Not what it's operating wow at. that's outstanding good good so you for... talk about your difference maker? shoot the puck there, there's a difference maker <laughs> whatever they're doing how about just do that with the puck keep doing good, it good for the players good for drew banister and his coaching staff everybody they've, yes. they've got it ironed out here all right it's fast lane on 101 espn we have what's trending next we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn it's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, and Carrie Davis. I'm Andrew Marsh. And gentlemen, we were just talking about the Blues. They have one more game taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets until the All-Star game, which will be held in Toronto. And there is a special place in Toronto doing a promotion. Oh, Jamie, you've probably heard of this place. It's called Fillmore's. Yeah. As they welcome... We used to call it Filthmore's. Yeah, well... It is a uh, it's a club of and the. And why is that? You'll see. Go ahead, Andrew. It's uh, it's a club of the gentleman variety. Oh. And on their <laughs> those clubs little uh, <laughs> billboard or whatever it says, "Welcome to NHL All Star Week. Free lap dances for all 2024 NHL All Stars. Of course, ID is required. Naturally, yeah. See, I don't really like the business model. Those girls are working hard. They're trying to get their way through college, and I don't think a free lap dance is going to well, help them out at all. They said one free lap dance, which generally, I mean, I've I've heard about these establishments. I've been yeah. to a few, actually. So generally how that works research. is research. Research. It's research purposes. Um, you, you get one dance, and they just keep going. Really? And I would assume, I would assume the first dance is free. 
and then the rest you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, if you don't say stop, you, <laughs> the, the, you don't the realize that the song yeah. changed <laughs> you know eighteen what? times. Wait, <laughs> every song? Carrie, yeah, that every, sounds every familiar. Yeah, hey, it's just I some research the, uh, I've done throughout my uh, professional career. At a friend of mine mm. one time that uh, <laughs> went in there, he got a free lap dance. The song was about twenty four seconds long. Oh, and then uh, that is like the seven worst. more <laughs> at like 35 seconds a song. And uh, what are they, nursery rhymes? What's going on here? They just cut the song down. The remixes as yeah. they go is uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, oh God, yeah, that was hats seven off songs. to the DJ for Wait, sure. What that was and, three uh, minutes. <laughs> then my friend got handed the tab for it. Yeah, and uh, that friend didn't realize that the clock was running the whole time. Yeah, sure, then stop. yeah. It's an interesting yeah. moment. You realize and, you're still in the cab. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen walk-up songs last longer than that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, moving on, Swan, our good pal Swan, who listens quite frequently. He likes to tag us in certain things on X or Twitter, whatever people are calling it nowadays. And this is from Jay Kuda, as it refers to the NFC Championship game. He tweeted out, every time the 49ers have won the NFC Championship game versus a team that has a shade of blue in their logo. They've gone on to win the Super Bowl. And of course, they just defeated the Detroit Lions. So, Anthony, I'm sorry that your new Kansas City Chiefs team that you are hopping on the bandwagon, it looks like they will lose the Super Bowl. Hey, you know what? Everybody was talking about the Ravens before our Chiefs beat them in the AFC Championship game. Ravens were favored, number one seed. (laughs) Everybody had them in the Super Bowl at the start of the year. What happened to them? They got Mahomes. They got Mahomes, Kelsey, and Swift. Swift Yeah. So I'm not worried about any sort of trend. Brock Brock Purdy's not going to do what Patrick Mahomes does in two weeks. I'm not changing my mind on this. Guys, just out of curiosity, do you think Taylor Swift will be there for the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah. Oh, but hang on. There's te- there's some technical difficulties here or scheduling uh, conflict. Uh-oh. She has a concert in Japan uh-huh. the day before, and then after the concert, she's got to basically hop on her jet and fly back directly all the way back to Las Vegas where mm-hmm. it's at. And if everything goes perfect, there's a 30. she'll arrive 35 minutes before kickoff. That means if everything's perfect. More than enough time. The biggest question. Do you think the people in Japan get shorted one song on oh. that set? <laughs> like instead of three hours and five minutes, it's like four or two hours and 45 minutes the show. Oh, man. Would they know? I don't know. They probably. probably wouldn't know. I would. They if would they're know. Swifties, they know. They're like, they uh-uh, would. girlfriend, you forgot this <laughs> you song. You left this song out. See, I, I disagree. I think that's how they do it. I don't think <laughs> they do. I think the Swifties, <laughs> the Swifties want her to be at the Super Bowl. They, oh, they love everything too. about Travis Kelsey. They, I, I bet you the that they would care. They know that their girl needs to support her man, so I she'll be there. I don't know if the people in Japan care that much. Like they if that, all Swifties, care. The Swifties if that care. concert was in like Florida, they'd say, you know what? Do it Monday. We're fine. We'll hang on to our tickets. You go to Super Bowl. <laughs> Do your thing. Yeah. In Japan, I just don't know if they're caring about the Super Bowl as much. If they're Swifties, I feel like they care more about her than they care about their own well-being. Well, you might I think so. There. You're not wrong. Yeah. Good call on that, Marsh. All right. The Cardinals made a move today. We'll what? tell you what it is. Actually, they made Did two they? moves, technically. Two moves. That's what's really Picking up that veteran presence, baby. Yeah, and maybe dumping a player they never give a chance to. Not that that's ever backfired on them 
What could go wrong? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN 301. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter. Your St. Louis Cardinals, they're making moves again, guys. Making moves. Oh, yeah. They claimed first baseman slash outfielder Alfonso Rivas off of waivers from the Angels. Wait, was it the Angels? At one point. I saw he's with the Cubs, the Padres, the Pirates, the the Cubs, and pretty much every major league team. Outfielder Moise Go- Gomez has been designated for assignment. Oh, boy. Yeah. No. So Moises Gomez designated for assignment. That was one of the things that frustrated me last year. You brought everybody up <clears throat> to a degree from, from, you know, from Memphis that had a bat. Mm-hmm. He didn't get brought up. He didn't, he didn't get uh, much of an opportunity, and he just hits the ball really hard, allegedly. But I, I, I wouldn't know. I haven't gone in, in Memphis games. Yeah. But I saw the stats. He's a long ball hitter. Yeah, I don't know about anything else for that matter. I mean, you had a bunch of guys up here. Some of the guys were. Uh, you probably could have found a spot for him, giving him an right, opportunity. They didn't give it. You're right. They didn't give him an opportunity. So and we were competing for fourth place. Yeah, about that. <laughs> they didn't do that well either. They, no, they... <laughs> they're finishing fifth. So maybe you should have brought up Gomez. <laughs> So twenty four, the twenty five year old outfielder, slow point, had plenty of power. <laughs> he had thirty home runs, drove in seventy nine, did strike out a ton, which comes with the power. Five hundred and sixty seven plate appearances, he struck out one hundred and eighty times, thirty nine walks. Can't teach the power, but the question was: Are you going to continue to grow the power? Are you going to let it, let it grow, or do you know what he is and you just free free up the spot? What's funny is. That he was in the running always, you would hear about Juan Yepes or Gomez. Juan Yepes or Gomez. Now mm-hmm. they're both gone. Yep. Interesting. They are. Well, it's two two guys though. If you really think about it, it's two guys that didn't have a lot of flexibility when it came to defense. What? Uh, and, it's, I mean, the Cardinals are all about can you play? Can you play nine positions? Can you play all oh, nine positions? If not, Alec Burleson is he's got oh, two. He's feeling it though. Yeah, he. he, yeah. See, he I was, sent you guys yeah, that yeah. John Denton article. He was, yep. uh, he's feeling he's it. He's got to get better in the outfield as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, you know, I don't know where. where hey, we, <laughs> wait and see, man. Let's just wait and see. Let's see if Alfonso was it Ribeiro? No, that's the that's the first Rivas. Rivas. <laughs> who'd you who'd you say? <laughs> Carlton. Carlton for Fresh Prince. Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah. Let's see. He may. He might be our next He might one. be better. You never know. We'll see. It's a good call. Hopefully. Carrie, that's a good thought. I, I like the way you're thinking outside the box on this one. I'm so trying to figure it out. Rivas, Rivas, Rivas is 27 years old. He's a plus defenseman. On base guy. Hit 243, 324, 349 was a slash line of 459 plate appearances a year ago. This is somebody that, again, I think they bring in 
to add some versatility to to the roster. But how much versatility do you need? You've got starters that can play multiple positions. Now you've got bench guys that can play multiple positions. I don't know. I don't know really what they're looking for. But you dumped power again to bring in somebody that again is a plus defender that can get on base, depending on his playing time. So, I, I don't really. Again, I don't. I don't really know where we're going here. But I know if you bounced around a while, you really don't. You haven't really carved out a, a solid role for yourself outside of the glue guy that everybody needs in that locker room. I would tread carefully here to provide okay, some of the best. Some of those guys are wanted commodities. Of course, okay? yeah. So we acquired some of those guys are the missing piece. No, 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 no question about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah. think the you question... see it more in hockey. It's normal. Baseball, uh, it's yeah. different. Yeah, way different for yep. sure. It better be. The question is: Does this move make your team better? Simple as that. I don't know. No, no, it gives you depth. That's it. There's no way you're acquiring this guy. I'm not going to be an ass here for real. I mean, you can. There's no way you're acquiring this guy because it's like a pivotal move for your seasons coming. No, it's an insurance policy for someone. I don't know who. I don't know. But Matt Carpenter, maybe. Maybe. I mean, seriously. But maybe for Alec Burleson, too. Maybe. Like, Burley, based off what John Denton wrote, is like, they think he's a one-trick pony here right now. He can hit the ball from the left side, but that's it. They can't can't trust him to play in the field at all. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing the entire article, which you should go read, and we might get into it later today, if not maybe tomorrow. But it it basically says that the Cardinals have no confidence in Alec Burleson's defense. And so... That's that. He, so, didn't, he didn't give him much confidence. He no, didn't. He didn't. No, listen, it's on the player. Yeah. I'm not blaming the management or, any, or the coaches or anything like that. But I'm just saying maybe this guy here is just like an insurance policy for a carpenter slash Burleson slash whomever. Well, he fits more. He does fit more with what they're looking for than an Alec Burleson. So I think that's a good point you just made. Alec Burleson, if you are a one-trick pony like Alec Burleson, like Juan Yepes, like Moise Go- Gomez, Moises Gomez, you're, you're not going to be around this team. They're not looking for that. They are looking for somebody that can provide versatility. <laughs> yeah, I saw And it that's too. it. Go ahead, Kerry. No, I, I didn't see. I, I, go ahead. I didn't see. Uh, someone says, I smell Taylor Motter 2.0. <laughs> wow. I, Poor just, Taylor. I don't, I don't even have any hair to pull out anymore. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like you can pull some from I, your, from that's your beard. That's gonna be next. You know, stress is a is the number one. It's a terrible thing. You don't want to be stressed out. Yeah. So don't be stressed out, Cardinal fans. Just wait and see, man. Because I don't know. I don't know the purpose of having multiple people that can do multiple things. I think teams that are successful. Yeah, that's my shortstop. Yeah, that's my left fielder. That guy's my catcher. I don't think teams say, you know, that's my catcher today, but I can put him in center field if I need to. Like, right. <laughs> can you imagine having that luxury, Gary? Huh? You really huh? can't, though. How about that? Yeah. Why? Why the hell do I want that luxury? Why don't I want this guy behind the plate 130 games? You know, I, that is on his knees. He's getting paid to do it. <laughs> Pretty well, <laughs> he got too. got those knee savers now. They don't have to sit in that position all day. Oh, yeah, you got those little things that come <laughs> yeah, behind there. you go. Those are weird. <laughs> this is, this, I don't know, man. <laughs> they, they picked him up for, for defense. They did. They picked him up to for defense. To play where? I don't know. Anthony? Wherever you I don't, need. But, but if you have... Rivas Island, baby. If you have... <laughs> nice. Well played. I'm sure Darrell, Darrell Rivas, when he's lit, when he listens to the podcast later, he's gonna like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, you'll find it at, at the, the podcast. Page. That's right. Absolutely. I brought you by Top Star and Auto Centers. You're welcome, Darrell. <laughs> When it comes to, when it comes to the the bench right now, though, Alec Burleson is not a strong defender. Matt Carpenter is not a strong defender, so they picked up Rivas Island. <laughs> That's what this move is about. It's about defense. This move is about nothing but depth. Sure, That's it. That's it. I'm okay. surprised you guys aren't excited about this. I'm. I'm I don't know. I You're don't know. The Cardinals to I make just want to see what kind of spring training he has, Anthony. I just want to. That's what I want to see. How many weeks are we? At three weeks away now. Is that where we are? Three weeks from from catchers and pitchers reporting. Two weeks, I think, for catchers and pitchers. And three weeks from everyone being there. Let's see it. Let's All just right, see I'm excited. It. Yeah. There Who wouldn't be? Yeah. Thrilled. These okay. guys. Mm-hmm. Give us a dance. Yeah. How you guys liking this roster? You guys like this feeling r- that you're okay. How you guys, guys, like, <laughs> guys like this roster? Okay, but no, Overall. no, stop. This roster has nothing to do with that move. No, that move is irrelevant. But it is. If that's if you're considering that a move for your roster, like, come on. Uh, he's uh, he'll be on the roster. Yeah, but Gomez was not going to be on the your roster. roster. Like, so it, it, I'm not worried about. I'm not. Listen, I'm not. I'm. You're no, right. You, you're I'm not like, worried about Gomez. Listen, I'm here to badmouth certain decisions the Cardinals make, but you're just badmouthing. Come on, it's just okay. a so right. so. Uh, okay, you're right, and I. You're just got, in a bad mood. We got. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm in a really good mood. We got the. Uh, <laughs> my Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I had a good weekend. I had a really good weekend. A nice weekend, okay? No, it's a little jump in your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, Brad Thompson saw my guy BT. We hosted a trivia night yeah, on, on Saturday. I didn't know you were there. I actually heard that Anthony was there. I didn't believe him. I looked at the guy. I was like, oh, yeah, he's here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I got you another one. Another. Meanwhile, I'm like walking by. No, so, but yeah, BT and I hosted a trivia night. It went very well. We had fun. I, I saw my Chiefs win yesterday. No, I'm, right. in, a, I'm in a really good mood. But... When I look at this this Cardinals roster, I'm very uh, uninspired, Jamie. Very uninspired. The roster it's or fine. this move? No, this move I don't care about. So you're just uninspired by the roster overall? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Does I- the roster inspire you? Thank you. Gary? You know where I stand. Thank you. Marsh? I'm feeling great, <laughs> Anthony. I'm feeling yeah. really good about I'm this AAA roster. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I'm excited about spring training. I'm looking forward to seeing... Who the Cardinals bring back to St. Louis with them? Mm-hmm. Who they're going to have on the on the roster? Just just what players, what role they're going to fill, and how this team is better than they were last year? Because, I mean, I guess they're better than they were last year. I don't think that that would. I think I think they're better than season. they were last year. Hey, Kerry, quick question yes, here because this just popped up on the TV here. What are your thoughts on? The Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker, trying to get his warm-up in, and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey throw his stuff out of the way. They they picked on the kicker. What That's ridiculous. If it, if the kicker walks up and punches him, one of them in the mouth. Oh, he wouldn't have did that either. No, but why, I would have. Yeah, he's a kicker, though. Uh, so what? That's I, why they at that it. point, I'd be like, hey, boys, guess what? I just punched Patrick Mahomes in the face. Like, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. I'm unavailable. Good luck. I got it started, though. But, like, what is that crap? It's ridiculous. Mahomes and Kelsey, big tough guys, picking yeah. on a, a mm-hmm. kicker who's just trying to kick liked, a damn field goal and warm up. I would have liked Roquan Smith to come out there at that moment. Or, yeah, you know, somebody. My question, where the hell is his other teammates? The kickers go out first. They're out there earlier than everyone else. Well, they grab um, his stuff, they throw it, then they yeah. pick. Patrick Mahomes grabs his things and mm-hmm. throws it away. Yeah. I'd have thrown it right back off I his skull. I probably would have. 
Well, well, I think the Ravens tried to, and then they, it cost them. Let's talk about it. Well, it didn't matter anyways, <laughs> right? Because they didn't they didn't score enough field goals for him to even make a dent. Yeah, they scored one. That's still that was it. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about it. Did the Chiefs did the Chiefs outchampion the Ravens? Sorry, did my Chiefs outchampion the Ravens yesterday? <laughs> started warm up apparently. Yeah, it did. We sent a message early. That's next. I want to win ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. to the fast lane here on 101 ESPN as it looks like Gosh. the Rizzuto show and Rafe is trying to take over the show. Well, I gotta pull gotta pull the dead weight, man. These guys are <laughs> lollygagging down the hallway. I don't even know what they're up to. That's Rafe. the quickest break ever. That's the quickest shift change we've ever had. <laughs> you guys have a quick one? <laughs> I've, I've, well, gotten, I've literally got I'd caught like with my to, pants down a couple times. I'd like <laughs> you to reword that, please. We did not have a quick one. Well, you guys did come in together. Yeah. Well, that's not getting any better. Yeah. Here's Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> we had a party hey, going on. They here. wanted a real football expert. <laughs> that's right. For a change now that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Oh, congratulations. They wanted the real Chiefs fan in the building, which <laughs> what I understand. Are you about? He's right here. Yeah. What do you Thank think God, of Anthony brother. jumping on the bandwagon? Right? You and I, Rafe. Here we I, are. Dude, I'm so sick of the hate. I know. I'm so sick of the patriotization of right. the Chiefs as if we didn't struggle for 50 years. Waiting for our time in the sun for a generational no kidding. talent? You kidding me? I mean, you remember the '90s? Yeah, dude. I just had a little excitement with Joe Montana, and that was it. That was all we had. Yeah, Joe Montana <laughs> came with his big elbow and beat the Houston Oilers one time, and it was the best thing that ever happened to us right. since 1969. It's ridiculous. I had this argument today. Someone said they're the new Patriots. I said, dude, come on. Look at the stats. They're nowhere near as good as the me hit you. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be. But well, we will be. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, right. man, look. He's like, oh, you guys are great through the 90s. You had great 80s. I go, bro, we won one playoff game in the lost one playoff game in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Lost one in the 80s. That was it. 90s to 2018, the Patrick Mahomes era. We had 18 playoff games. We lost 14 of them, including nine in a row. And now. We're right. Look at us. Look at us. Look spoiled. at us. Marcus Mariota completed a pass <laughs> to himself and beat us the one time. That's right. At Arrowhead. Oh, dude, don't remind me. Don't, the Best Indianapolis game ever. is something that I still wake up sweating yeah. over. That was the Dwayne Bow game. Oh, Lord. Dwayne Bow. Was that the year they didn't have any receiver catch a touchdown pass? Maybe. That probably. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, man. So, Rafe, you're in. Chiefs, in. Chiefs win in the Super Bowl. I'm in, dude. In fact... I don't want to jinx it, but I just I might be getting a deal on a ticket, and if I get it, I'm going. Oh, wow. Ooh, there you go. But nice. I'm kind of scared to go, man, because when Why? your team's in, you got to go. But it's in Vegas, go? right? It's in Vegas, yeah. which is dope. It's a win-win. But it's also like if I go and they don't win, man, that's going to be a. 
I'm going to be thinking about that money. But you still have Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but you still have the rest of Vegas. Of That's true, that you, but you this this out. this ticket is I got to look I have to not look at my bank account <laughs> and just pull the trigger on this so, ticket. It's a good deal compared to 9 grand, which is what they were going for yesterday, but it's still not anything I can so afford just on my bets. So whatever you pay for the ticket, bet on the other team for the same amount. That way there, if you oh, lose the that, game, dude. at least you win. <laughs> I'm just spending That's the money Marsh anyway. crap. Marsh would do that. That is a Marsh. That's a Marsh thinking. So, Ray, for you, I see you're, you're working out still. You look like you're in good shape. Are you ready for this photo shoot? Dude, I have oh, been. Oh, that's right. I'm trying to punt as far as I can. I went down the. I went to Precision Fitness. Shout out down the street, and he's got me on. He's like, they're just kicking my ass, man. I don't know if you can say on ESPN Radio, but I just did. Dump me out if you have to. Uh, And I'm just like, I I knew the writing was on the wall, dude. About four weeks out, I'm like, I don't see the sweep coming. (laughs) Not that I didn't have faith in our picks or whatever, but uh, I was like, I got to start fasting, intermittent fasting, (laughs) and a lot of. A lot of cardio, a lot of high rep work. Dude, I'm, I'm on the elliptical every day. I'm nice. doing some high. I go, look, man, I'm going to get some uh, abs airbrush painted on. That would be mm. great. And then uh, mm-hmm. Gerard Butler take, style. That's right. I'm going to do the Gerard Butler airbrush them on mm-hmm. and then just take my medicine. You'll be great. You'll be great. You guys are right. You deserve it. All right, I'm going to get out of here and let you guys uh, have your show. Rafe, back. thanks for uh, stopping by. <laughs> yeah, as yes, we did please. not pay attention to how long the break please. was. That's all right. I realize everybody here is so we're all getting up there. We're all over you 40, man. You just heard the panic in the hall. Yeah, did. Rafe's walking by, and I'm like, where I, is everybody? I was in our <laughs> like, Come on in. Come on, Rafe. I was in our office, and all I heard was, fast lane. Fast lane. And I was like, what's going on, man? Is it someone come to take their revenge on the fast lane? save these guys? <laughs> well, we're all in the cafeteria. Just, I just refill my water, man. Well, yeah, same. By the way, our, our YouTube, our YouTube chat, the Snake Pit, want you to shout them out. They love you. What up, Snake Pit? There, there, we, go. Go. there we go. YouTube nice. chat in the Snake Pit. Ray, carry his headphones back. Thanks for having me, fellas. Ray, if you the man, you can listen to Rafe, of course, on our sister station, 105.7 The Point, every morning with the Rizzuto Show. Our mortal enemies, but uh, great dudes. How do you how do you not like a guy like Rafe? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Baltimore Ravens. We 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 started talking about how Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey they they booted. Uh, Justin Tucker's stuff at the start of the game. But you could tell like that just continued during the game, too. The Ravens were just they, – they wanted to flex consistently. Then they got into trouble. Kyle Van Noy cannot be flagged for a personal foul when he's you, – you can't if – you're, if you're Roquan Smith, okay. If you're Kyle Van Noy, dude – well, what are you doing? That's he didn't really do anything that egregious in my opinion. But the They're second always guy catch always the second guy. gets yeah. The second guy always gets caught. Um, there were there were, the were yeah, <laughs> there were too many too many instances where you know that Baltimore put an emphasis on hitting Patrick Mahomes in the hopes with the hopes that he would fall or fail or or succumb to the pressure. And that's not who Patrick Mahomes is. He's no. not a he's not a weak minded person. He's not a, a, a feeble individual who is going to, you know, fold when pressure hits or adversity hits. They were hitting him hard, often, and it just went over the line a couple of times, trying to be too aggressive, trying to, I guess, give the example that they are the more physical team. And they got flagged for it. Roquan Smith got a penalty, which I didn't think was a terrible decision in terms of jumping off sides, making it first and ten. Yeah, it was but actually the smart. way he did it 
obviously the referees knew that it was intentional, so they gave him a 15-yard penalty. Um, you had the penalty where the D lineman smacked Patrick Mahomes in the face. Like there were some penalties there that really cost the Ravens and, and put them in a bad position. But it was because their mindset was we're going to try to cut the head of the snake off. That that's what we were doing. And Patrick Mahomes is the head of the snake. And they he just he he's not going to fold or fall because of it. He's a tough football player, both mentally and physically, and just kept playing football and not even worrying about all of the extracurricular things that, that Baltimore had going on. Yeah, I think that Baltimore... So I've played on teams before they get caught up in this, and I remember... I forget what year. Maybe it was 98. Maybe 1998, maybe 99. We played the Dallas Stars in the second round of the playoffs. And we had so much focus on trying to be physical against their top players. Like, finish all your hits. Go, yeah, make sure you get in his face. And you know what? Yeah. We spent so much time worrying about that that we didn't spend enough time worrying about winning the games. Right. And end up biting us because we lost that series. It was a great series, but we still lost that series. And, and I felt like the beginning of the series, too much emphasis was put on trying to play the physical bad guy role. And I feel like the Ravens, defensively, that's what they tried to do yesterday. They tried to do all this intimidation stuff. But when you got somebody like Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, like you got guys, you're not rattling the cage. Right. If you think you're the first one to try and do it, I mean that's your first mistake because right. you're not. Travis Kelsey and the and at least one Chiefs offensive lineman. I'm sure there's there's more. We're laughing at Kyle Van Noy as soon as that flag came yeah. out. They were laughing. They knew yeah. they they knew they had him. The Ravens the Ravens were completely worked yesterday. It was a mindset of. To me, when I look at the Ravens team, this is a thing to keep in mind. Patrick Mahomes and that that Chiefs team has been in this situation before. This is this is almost expected. This is the sixth time he's been in the AFC Championship game, fourth Super Bowl. It's not something that they are unfamiliar with. So when you have experience doing it, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Baltimore, this iteration of them, that's their first time in that game. A lot of those guys... It's just a different mindset and a different animal. And I'm sure John Harbaugh was explaining, hey, we got to be more physical. We got to do this. We got to hit him. We got to. And they just took it to the extreme. And as you said, Jamie, let the game, the, the, the real purpose of the game, which is to win it and get after, you know, make tackles, be physical. They let that part of it take over control of what they really needed to do, which was play sound defense get guys on the ground, play good defense in the, in the secondary and, and defend balls and not let Patrick, Pat, uh, Travis Kelsey catch 15 passes in the first half. They just got away from all of that and wanting to be too physical and really forgot the, the purpose of where, why they were there for, for a time being. The Patriots' strength, too, besides having Tom Brady, was always they, they were going to have a game plan that was specific to their opponent, mm-hmm. and they were always going to be smart about it. They, they didn't just, hey, this is what we do. They did what they did if it was if it was right for the matchup. Right. They did whatever whatever they want whatever they needed to to win that game and not think about the rest of the season or the postseason and watch all that play. The Ravens, the Chiefs remind me of that a little bit. The Chiefs are going to game plan specific. What do we do against Lamar today? And they did it. They they executed. The Ravens showed up and said, "Well, we just do what we do," right. and they lost because of it. The, def- the defense started to play very well in the second half. you got to give them credit. But the offense didn't make any adjustments, and you could tell they were just living and dying on Lamar making enough plays. And if Zay Flowers doesn't taunt or if he doesn't reach out and, and try to score a touchdown. from different. It might, it might be. But yeah. I, still, I still have the Chiefs winning that one. It, that, that touchdown it, makes it, never, it 17-14. It never felt, though, oh, yeah. 
that Baltimore was in control. It didn't. From the outset, it didn't. It did not, but but it didn't feel that way the week before when they played the Texans. Obviously, that's a uh, a lesser team in comparison to to the Chiefs. The first half versus the Texans was similar to pretty much how that entire game went mm-hmm. yesterday for the for the Ravens. I think if they score that touchdown, obviously it changes things. If you don't have the personal foul penalty, the taunting penalty that he got, and then if you score that touchdown, you're down 17 to 14. Baltimore didn't give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs anything in the second half. They just needed a play to be made offensively to get them going. Yeah. And if they would have gotten it, I think it's a different game. And I think they probably win it. But, you know, you put the ball on the ground, you have penalties, you have dumb mistakes, you have too many things that don't go your way, and you and you lose that game. Yeah. Well, Chiefs advance. They're going to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and it should be a great matchup. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. The, the Blues, five-game winning streak. Jamie talked a little bit about the, the, the differences and the changes, but – what else? What are the differences in this version compared to the, the the Blues that were struggling to gain any sort of, of, of traction? We'll start off with the power play. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stolter. The Blues, five straight wins now after they knocked off the LA Kings over the weekend. Jamie, we kind of got into this a little bit early earlier in the show. But the, what's the difference in this version of the Blues, this five-game winning streak, compared to what we have seen for most of the season, which has been inconsistency? Yeah, um... <sighs> And should well, we just start with the power play? Well, the, the power play fixed. is a huge part of it. We talked about that, you know, at nauseum to start the season. There were several games where, you know, one could argue there's about four or five games that the Blues could have won or at least gotten a point in had the power play scored a goal. And I know that the guys that are out there on the power play and the players that are selected to be a part of both units, they take a lot of pride in that. And as it start, as it continues to kind of not go well, it gets harder and harder to do it because you're feeling the stress of it. Every bad pass, every shot that misses the net, every bad decision now is magnified because this is just not good. Power play is terrible. It's awful. And it was. It was not good at all. It was like at 8 point something percent at one point, which is completely yeah. unacceptable. So Drew Bannister gets here, and there wasn't an immediate change. Like There wasn't. And then they incrementally now have, have changed some thought process. The, the one big thing that's really helped it is when Drew Bannister and the coaching staff just decided we're going to have a net front presence. Like, no matter what. Like, there's no more buzzing around. When it, both power play units are going to have a net front presence, and those guys are Jake Neighbors and Oscar Sundquist. Now is it. There you go. You're designated to the net front. Obviously, Jake Neighbors and Oscar Sundquist do a good job of popping out to be available for passes to relieve some of the pressure. Then they get back to the net, they move over, they get back to the front of the net. Both guys have been rewarded with scoring goals mm-hmm. in that area. And overall, the Blues have been rewarded with a better power play. We talked about it earlier today. In the last nine games, the power play is 40%. Like that's an astronomical percentage to have. At one point, when we played against the New York Rangers here, their power play was 30%. Yeah. And we thought, wow, that's really good. It is. 
Like if you can have a power play somewhere between 25 and 30%, like you are operating at a serious clip. Yeah. So now the Blues have 40% over the last nine games. It's no wonder they're having success. That's not all the power play, but, hey, it doesn't hurt when you're getting a goal or in some cases two goals in a game because of your power play. It's great. And it forces the opposition, too, to pump the brakes on some of the bad penalties. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know that you're going to get scored on and the game could change in a heartbeat, you kind of you operate a little differently. You yeah. don't play as aggressive sometimes. Am I crazy when I say this? It feels like we talked about it earlier how stagnant they would be on the power play as well. We were watching, I think, the Panthers a couple of weeks ago, how, how they moved. Uh-huh. And I said, well, why don't we do that? But now it feels like the Blues aren't as stagnant, just hanging around the perimeter. Like you said, they're moving a little bit more. Is that also a helping with the, with the uh, ability to score? Yeah, it is. And, you know, they're passing the puck much better. Mm. You know, they're not – this is a, a, the biggest struggle that a lot of creative players have on a power play is they try to get creative too often. And all that means is they're trying to make the most difficult play when they shouldn't. Why? Because they're gifted hockey players. Like, right. I can make this play. Like he says, like, mm-hmm. like Patrick Mahomes, I can make that throw. Yeah, darn right, he can. Doesn't mean you should always try to make that throw. <laughs> like at Lamar yesterday, I can make that throw. You <laughs> yeah, can't. No, I can't. To coverage. myself, I can. Yes, you yeah, can. Well, but you know, for me, the execution is one thing. They're passing the puck around. They're establishing their zone time, and then they're looking for other plays. Whereas the start of the season was like one pass, hang on to it, stick handle, stick handle, stick handle, and then look for the home run play. Doesn't work all the way back down. Now you got to start over. At least now they're moving the puck around. And when it does become a little stagnant, you know, this is where Scott Perunovich does a good job of moving. Braden Shen has done a good job of popping in and out from the bumper spot to the one-timer guy. Jake Neighbors will go from the net front down low to the goal line. We saw that play. Mm-hmm. They passed him. He steps out, tries to make a play. Yeah. Then there's a down low play that's available. So for me, they've, they've simplified a lot of things, and they've executed better. And that results in putting more pressure on the penalty kill to be airtight. And I think that's why they've ultimately been more successful is not that they've dumbed it down, but they simplified it, and then when the big plays are there, they've been able to make them. So moving forward now, the question is, can they sustain it? You, you've got one more game before, and it's tomorrow night against the Blue Jackets. You've got one more game before the break. Mm-hmm. In some respects, it's a good time to take a break because you've got this mad push, and now you can kind of exhale for a second. But do you kill the momentum going into the break? To be determined, right? Like One doesn't know until it happens. For me, the biggest focus, if I'm the Blues, is winning tomorrow night. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about the break. I don't care about the rest, the rust, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Win tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. You win that game, that makes it six in a row. It puts you, well, you're already in a playoff spot right now, but puts you up probably above the LA Kings in the standings. And yes, would it be nice to keep that going two nights from now or three nights from now, go for seven, and two more nights after that, you go for eight? Yes, it would be nice. But you also have some guys that are banged up, too. You have Justin Falk, Scott Perunovich right now on the sidelines. Kasperi Kapanen, who was walking around yesterday without the boot. It'll little strut to him. I was kind of giggling. said, you're strutting. He's like, yeah, I'll be ready. <laughs> so you'll get some team speed back with Kasperi Kapanen after the break. So here's the argument that your team overall could be better coming out of the break. <clears throat> what I don't like is some of the slumping teams. They have a bit of a minute to reset. Yeah. Like the L.A. Kings, they've just been an awful spiral here. Their last 10 games are 2-5-3. and three. Uh, just not good here at all. And now they'll have a chance to go away for an extended period of time and 
kind of readjust, regroup. reset, yeah. regroup. But again, it's all of it is to be determined. And the, the pressure that the Blues have, the, the kind of hockey that the Blues have had to play in the last you know, nine, ten games, that's not easy to play that way. You're winning one-goal games. Mm-hmm. And by the way, the Blues have the highest winning percentage in the NHL when it comes to one-goal games. They're almost at 800 winning percentage mm-hmm. in one-goal game, which is mm-hmm. awesome. So you take that, maybe the team gets rested up a little bit, and maybe even get a better version of the Blues coming back. Jordan Binnington gets a little bit of a breather. He's been fantastic. Some of your guys playing a ton of minutes. Colton Pareko, he gets to relax a little bit, let things heal. So I would like to look at it from a positive standpoint of win against the Blue Jackets and the break becomes easier. If you lose against the Blue Jackets, now the break is the enemy for me. So for me, as a coaching staff and as a leadership group, I'm talking about let's finish this thing the right way. There's no reason you shouldn't be pounding the Columbus Blue Jackets at all, especially here at home. you got a good record at home. One of their great young players, Fantilli, just got hurt the other night. He's not going to be available tomorrow night. It's a perfect time and perfect opportunity for the Blues to close this thing out, put a little exclamation point on this part of the season. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's do our Sports Six Pack next. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Again, 314-399-9646. Got a question for us? Send it there. We'll hit it in our Sports Six Pack here in the Fastlane. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. All right, time for our Sports 6 back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Marsh, go. Question number one. All right, from the 314, do some players, does their game look elevated because of the talent around them? We were talking about Matthew Kessel earlier today, and you know he sort of came out of nowhere, right? Does his game look elevated because he's not playing with minor league players? He's not playing with college players. He's playing with NHL players. And, Kerry, have you seen that in the NFL, too, when you were playing? Well, I, I, my mind went to Brock Purdy initially. Just oh, stop. When you are uh, – no, he, he – when you <laughs> – trust me. He, he, you're going to be better with the talent that you have in San Francisco than, you know, some of these other teams that he could have possibly landed on. So it makes your life a little bit easier when you're playing with great players um, – to, sometimes you don't have to do too much. And I think Matthew Kessel is probably in that in that role as well. You don't have not much. I don't want to say much is expected of you, but you don't have as much pressure on you when you have really good players around you. Yeah, I would agree to that. Um, Matthew Kessel is a unique one, though. I will say because he, he stepped in and his very first game. He played against Crosby and Malkin the entire game. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, he's played against other teams' top lines, whether it's the first line or the second line. It's not like he's being served up underhand pitches. Right. Like he's getting after it. I think it's just a case to where his game translates to the NHL model. Like He is an NHL player. And probably playing in the minors... Look, playing in the minors is chaotic. I'll tell you that much. Because you got about three or four guys on the team that could actually play 
in the NHL. The rest of them, they're there for a reason. Hmm. Either they physically are unable or mentally incapable. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Which one is worse? What, mentally incapable? Yes, I'll take a slower player that knows what the hell he's doing. Trust me, I play with some guys, Anthony. I question how they get out the front door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those guys scare me. And they got all sorts of ability. They're fast, they're big, they're flying around, they have no idea. And you're like, this guy's a hazard. <laughs> And then defensively, like, you have your guy, you know what you're supposed to do, and then his guy's wide open, ends up back in there. And the guy's looking at you like, wow, why didn't you stop that? What the hell? Really? Really? So You don't know what you're doing, do you? God. Does it frustrate you when you see players like that? Because the simplest things that you learn growing up, they just, they're at, the, they're at one of the highest levels. Like, you're playing professionally, you know, whether you're in the NHL or the AHL. Does it frustrate you when you see those players make those mistakes when they're the simplest mistakes, things that you learn growing up? That's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah. And for coaches, too. Like, you got to understand, like, some of these guys are so talented. That's why they're in the NHL. They're so freaking good physically that they're, like, they can't play in the American miss. League because yeah. it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, they're out of place. They're too good. But then they get up here and they get to the NHL and, they're good, but then you just see the mental mistakes over and over and over, and you're like, really? And then you try to coach this player, and then they're unable to retain information or unwilling to retain information. Sometimes it doesn't matter. It's one or the other. The inability to retain information is it does it for me. Yeah. That would make me run my oh. head into a wall. Like, I just told you that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Start over. <laughs> So, yeah, it's it's very frustrating to have a player that's mentally incapable of figuring out their mistakes. Carrie, that reminds me of, uh, and Jamie, I think maybe you told the story, but of, of Genny Malkin, whenever a coach would tell him to do something, he'd be like, ah, no speak English. Oh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so many Russian players over the years were like, uh, no, understand. No, understand. <laughs> you throw a couple of vodkas in them, they're giving a dissertation. Well, guys, I'm telling you. <laughs> Don't worry about this. We're playing this zone, that zone. We haven't had the overload on the power play. You're like, but I didn't think you were speak the- English. <laughs> It's okay. I did it too when I went over there. <laughs> I did. It was true though. I didn't speak a word of Russian. No, nothing at all. The coach would yell at me. I'm like, buddy, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Like I have no idea what you're yelling at me for. Why you're making eye contact with me right now, or what I did wrong because you have never spoke English or explained one thing to me. Yeah. So I just sit there with a smile, be like, okay. I can sense your tone on this one, but okay, Valerie. Guess you're not you. Valerie Bragan. That was his name. He just sit there and yell at me. I'm like, what the? Fair enough. Cool. Go for it. Question number two. Uh, From the 314, why is it that baseball managers get accused of being puppets in the front office, but you don't hear that as much in hockey or other sports? It seems like it's more of a widespread problem throughout baseball rather than just Ollie and the St. Louis Cardinals. Because baseball is run by analytics. And so it's oh, easy. Gary. There's that not. Can, no. It, they don't go and have a sheet that says, hey, this is you what we're going to do today. Football doesn't have analytics. Yeah, we don't, buddy, we don't have on. a sheet. You do. That, you got no. so much crap going on. So no, does hockey. I agree. They so do, does hockey. I, I, I think it's absurd how much time coaches spend in the office. I, I've said that it's one of the reasons why I'm so hesitant to lean into that profession because I don't see a purpose of being there from 6 a.m. 
till 2 a.m. I just don't think that that's yeah, that's a grind. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push back on that. I mean, we, we drive up, I drive past or I drive to the practice rink here for the Blues, and I see the coaches getting out of their cars at 7 a.m. and it's a game day. And I'm like, okay, so <laughs> 7 a.m. We're looking at 11 o'clock tonight. We're and not even then because you do yeah. your post game video quickly, do some get clips, home. get ready for the next one. So it's it's very demanding. Yeah. Um, what was the question again? Why Major League Baseball yeah. oh, managers yeah, yeah. are so? Puppets. I think it's because the game's so yeah. slow. Uh, and, yeah. and hear me out. You operate from one batter to the next batter is a different sequence all the time, and from one pitch to the next pitch, you have a you have twenty seconds or eighteen seconds depending on the the pitch clock, and you can rearrange your defensive guys. In hockey, everything's happening fast. Once you drop the puck, like it's on. And sometimes there may not be a whistle for five minutes out there. Mm. So you have to make your line changes, get your matchups, get your combinations going. So I think for ice hockey, it's, that's where the big difference is between baseball mm-hmm. and hockey. You know, for football, I, I mean, I would think it's got to be somewhat the same. Well, you make it's tough to make adjustments during a series. You can make your adjustments after the series ends, whether you score or have to punt um, or at halftime, quick adjustments, things that you notice that they're doing. But it, it's difficult in the midst of it to say, hey, hey, real quick. It's a difficult – that's why great quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, the guys that can be coaches on the field and make those adjustments in – you know, during the series, in plays, those are the quarterbacks that get paid a lot of money and have a lot of success. And I think a lot of times in, in the NFL and the NHL, the owners hire GMs and they want to collaborate with the head coach. So it's like – the head coach and the GM, they, they know their lanes, but they're kind of working together. In Major League Baseball, it's like the owners hire, seemingly hire the president of baseball operations, and then they make the decision on who to go with the manager. But it, it almost seems like there is a, a clear pecking order when it comes to baseball. And I think you're right. There's the slow nature of the game leads to more, more time to analyze the data, analyze analytics. And if you run your team based on you know projections and what they could do you also want your manager to manage that way so i think there's a clear pecking order when it comes to baseball so you get managers that are more just okay whatever you want Mm -hmm. me to do here boss well and in football it's not like the gm is calling down on the headset hey man we need to run a screen here we need to run the ball to the left left side (laughs) that that, that is true (laughs) (laughs) we we talked about it he He had a headset on in the second half Wait, what they, they, they do the same thing as... What do you call this play? What's you, his name? Our guy in Tampa. Uh, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, when they gave him a headset, yeah, they didn't even have a wire. In. They didn't plug him in. They're like, here, yeah. Tom's coaching. You're gonna, We're going to give you a headset, right. and you can shake your hands, and like, but it's yeah. not He's on. calling his own plays, yeah. but He's got it. it's going to nobody. Bruce it's like, is like, okay, we're yeah. winning. I'm fine. Right. It's like those kid cars where like you're actually driving, but the kid is on the other side. It looks right. like he's in the wheel, and yep. he's the one that's that's driving there it. There you go. That was Tom and Bruce Arians for a while. <laughs> Question number three. Uh, from the 636, do you guys think the UFL moving the league to start in April instead of middle of February will hurt their business? You have Major League Baseball, MLS, NBA playoffs, and NHL playoffs all going on during the start and middle of the season. Hmm. I think it hurts the players more than anything because it it's pushing the season back. This is, you know, I think that season ended... The Battle Hawk season ended when? In, in too May? soon, Kerry. Too soon. Yeah, that sounds about right. Which would give you a chance to it's true. mini camp, 
training camp. Yeah. I, this is obviously going to be pushed back a little bit longer. So now you're going to have guys maybe not have the opportunity to be in a in a training camp for the NFL if they make it. I think it just hurts them. But as far as people watching, I, the people that are going to watch are going to watch. I think. Yeah. Regardless of what's going on, you you got people that love football, and so they don't care if it's a baseball game on at the same time. They would yeah. much rather watch football. I think the inaugural season is a really big moment for that league because people are you're going to get eyeballs on that game trying to figure mm. out what do we got here because yep. you had the USFL before the XFL you're kind of splitting up the pot of you know that level of player yep. now they're all going to be in the same spot mm. to be able to play I think people will be curious and that's, I don't know I don't have the solutions for this but to me they've got to figure out how to keep those eyeballs yeah I agree ultimately with Kerry when he says if if somebody's going to watch, they're going to watch. I mean, they're going to run up into hockey or basketball or, or you know March Madness. They're they're going to run up and they're going to run into that anyways. They're yep. just trying to avoid the NFL, and they'll they'll do that with that with this. By the way, we need a new gauntlet contestant too. So if you want to text in three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six, text in the word gauntlet, you might have an opportunity to play. Question number four. From the 314, in baseball, we talk about having a one and two pitchers. Does that apply to hockey to be successful? A one two punch on every line. Let's go, Blues. Well, yeah, it would certainly help to have a one two punch on every line. Sometimes you'll just take a one punch on the third line <laughs> or a fourth line. Um, yeah, I mean, look at the success right now that the Blues are having. It's because we have more than one guy available. Now, Kairou, Thomas, and Buchnevich have been contributing here as of late. Old Bucci, he's really had some success here, which is great to see him kind of break out of that that slump that he was in, goal-scoring slump, that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Braden Shen went through, what, a, how many games where he didn't even have a point? Nine. It was it like, nine Didn't games? even have a point. Yeah. Like, not even nine. the accidental assist that hits off your <laughs> shin pad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now, look, he's on Holy a crap, that went in? So, yeah, it, it definitely matters to have, you know, one-two punch on, on every line would be fantastic, but certainly your first couple of lines, you need that. No. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll get the gauntlet next. We're right back to the Fastlane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Four oh three, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, from Anthony Stalter, and we welcome in Chris, and I think Chris is from the Snake Pit, so what up, Snake Pit? I am. <laughs> All right, good man. Chris, are you first-timer here? No, this is, uh, well, this is my first time in this incarnation of the of uh, the fight. Okay. Did you, um, did, well, I should say. Did you do the gauntlet? I, I think I've done it three times, I think. Oh, wow. I'll be my third. How have you fared? Well, what's your record? Yeah. Well, I beat Marsh. Then I lost to you, Anthony, in football. Nice. And then my second time, I took on Marsh again, and he beat me. Mm. Okay. All right. Wow. So are you targeting Marsh again today, or do you want to go Kerry, Jamie, or me? I think I'm going to take on you, Anthony. Ah. Wow. After my Chiefs won? 
<laughs> Feeling good. I think that's why he's doing it. He doesn't like you being a Chiefs fan. That's fine. All right, Chris. Good luck. All right, thanks. All right, Chris. Anthony's going to head into the Kona silence or the Kona shame for him after bandwagoning the way he has today. <laughs> All right. I need you to tell Marshy to spin the wheel, please. All right, spin it, Marshy. All right, Chris. Uh, so what are you hoping for? Well, I obviously don't want football against Anthony. Uh, I lost him all right before and that. So pretty much anything else besides that would be fine. Well, all right. Well, uh, Carrie, why don't you tell him the good news? The good news is you got football, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Football it is. Marshy's going to pass over the questions here while he's doing that. Little reminder that each question is worth two points. If you use the options, answer correctly, it's worth one point. And of course, if you get it wrong, it's zero points. Chris, are you ready? Oh, yeah. All right. Again, the category football question number one. The first time the 49ers won the Super Bowl, which team did they beat? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, options, please. Okay. Was it the San Diego Chargers, Cincinnati Bengals, or Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Final, Final answer? Yep. All right, Chris. Who was the starting running back for those 1981 San Francisco 49ers? <laughs> wow. I mean, I was born in 83. <laughs> Wow. Um, do I go with a guess from Techno Super Bowl? <laughs> nice. <laughs> it couldn't have been Roger Craig, could it? I doubt it. No way. I just give me the options. Ricky Patton, Wendell Tyler, or Earl Cooper? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> give me uh what, was it, what were they again? Four time. Ricky Patton, Wendell Tyler, or Earl Cooper? Shot in the dark. Just give me Tyler. No clue. Final answer? Yep. Question number three. Who was the first head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs who led them to their first Super Bowl championship? Who made these questions? They hate us. Whoever it is hates all of us. Trust me. This is brutal. It is. <laughs> options, yeah, sure. Uh, options are Hugh Taylor, Hank Strom, or Marv Levy or Levi Levy. 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 Marv it's a little Levy. ahead of Marshy's time. <laughs> Marv uh, Levy. Can I phone a friend? Yeah. Um, Not in this version of the gauntlet. <laughs> Uh, okay, options one more time. Hugh Taylor, Hank Strom, or Marv Levy? Uh, the last one, Marv Levy. Final answer? Sure. All right, question four. <laughs> Maybe this one's a little nicer. We'll see. Doubt it. That, oh yeah, no, never mind. That, <laughs> that Chiefs team... Beat the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl four. 
Who was Minnesota's quarterback in that Super Bowl? Oh, my gosh. Did Randy Carricker make these? <laughs> this is like from his prime. Did Grant make these? Questions? I don't know. If I find out who did, I'll fire him. I promise. I was going to say, somebody needs to go. <laughs> um, yeah, options, sure. Yeah, that's what I figured. Me, too. All right. Was it Fran Tarkenton, Joe Cap, or Tommy Kramer? <laughs> what was the second one? Uh, Joe Cap. Sure, let's roll with that. All right. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well done. Uh, that's not easy. We'll call in Anthony here and we'll see how Anthony does. But uh, those are some ancient questions. Oh, Anthony's coming. We won't talk about it anymore because, you know, Casey hears. We don't want Anthony cheating on us here today. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, Anthony, as you pull up here, plug back in. How do we do? That was a cone of silence. It's lonely. No it Mike Ryder, no nothing. Yeah. There were a lot of yourself. people out there moments before you went out there. You know what? You're right. <laughs> they must be angry because they're not Chiefs fans. That's, oh, like me. It's a good point. Living your best life. I certainly am, man. It's, yeah. it's exciting that they're back in it. Sixth time in it. All right, Anthony. Yeah. We've got great yeah. news for you. What do we got? Well, one, pack a lunch. Two, okay. It's football. Oh, I like football. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, have, have a ball. Yeah. Oh, boy. I was. I'm like looking at it. It was like five minutes. I go, uh-oh. We'll see. All right. Question number one. Anthony, the first time the 49ers won the Super Bowl, which team did they beat? Hmm. The first time the 49ers won the Super Bowl, who did they beat? Uh... The Vikings have lost six Super Bowls. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Final answer. All right, Anthony. Question number two. Who was the starting running back for those 1981 San Francisco 49ers? The starting running back? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I have I have a name in my head. I'll I'll narrow it down though. With the options? Yes, please. Ricky Patton, Wendell Tyler, or Earl Cooper? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get those again? Who are you thinking? <laughs> Somebody else. <laughs> Ricky Patton, Wendell Tyler, or Earl Cooper? Ricky Patton. Final answer. Question number three. Who was the first head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs who led them to their first Super Bowl championship? Hank Stram. Final answer. Hmm. I know my Chiefs. <laughs> All right. Final question here, Antoine. That Chiefs team yeah. beat the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl IV. Uh -oh. Who was Minnesota's <laughs> quarterback <laughs> in that Super Bowl? In Super Bowl IV, you say, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I have the options, please? Sure you can. Was it Fran Tarkenton, Joe Cap, or Tommy Kramer? Uh, Fran Tarkenton, that'd probably be an obvious one, right? So why don't we go with, who's the last guy? Tommy Kramer. Yeah, it was him. Tommy Kramer, final answer. Okay, let's go over these. <sighs> Question number one. The first time the 49ers won the Super Bowl... Which team did they beat? Chris, you oh, said. Oh, jeez, I'm an idiot. 
I said, well, let's let another NFC team, didn't I? <laughs> I was going to say, aren't the Vikings in the NFC as well? Yeah, that was awful. We're just going to let it marinate. All, all I was thinking about was them winning, six, losing six. That's yeah. all I thought about. No, you did great, Anthony. I'm sure they were in the other conference at some point. <laughs> they weren't. Exactly. Oh, boy. All right, Chris said the Pittsburgh Steelers. That would make more sense. Anthony, you said the Minnesota Vikings. Pittsburgh Steelers were an option. Minnesota Vikings, Vikings were not. not. I can't believe it, considering they play in the same damn conference. Answer is... This isn't Eddie Banks. No, it doesn't matter. Neither player scores a point. They beat them twice, too, in the 80s. They did, Anthony. But, you know, the Vikings lost six Super yeah. Bowls. They wow. sure did. None just against not, the 49ers. <laughs> All right, question four. Let's go all the way down to the bottom. That Chiefs team beat the Minnesota Vikings in Super Bowl four. Who was Minnesota's quarterback in that Super Bowl? Chris, you said Joe Cap. Anthony. I did. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> you, we wrote it down. We wrote it down, and we have the audio. You did. Uh, I remember. Anthony, you go. said Tommy Kramer. Mm. Marshy, the answer is. Yeah, this quarterback was known for his superb leadership and running ability. Joe Cap. Wow. But wow. Chris needed the options. So Chris is up one uh, nothing right now. Let's go back to question two. Mm. Who was the starting running back for the 1981 San Francisco 49ers? You remember them? Mm-hmm. Chris, you said <laughs> Wendell Tyler. Anthony, you said Ricky Patton. Both of you used the options. Mm. Carrie, answer is Ricky Patton. Ricky Patton. We are tied up at one. One question remaining. Both of you have different answers. Who was the he- first head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs who led their team to the first Super Bowl championship? Chris, I believe you said Marvin Levy. Marvin Levy. Anthony, I believe you said. Hank Strom. Mm-hmm. Strom. Anthony is correct. He didn't use the option. If Anthony's correct, he'll win. Chris used the options, took Marv Levy. Marshy, answer is. I don't even gotta hand it to the Kansas City Chiefs fan. It's Hank Strom! Ah, Chris! <laughs> you have chosen poorly. You lose! You got you, Chris. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even with my stupidity. Yeah. That was what, a tough one today. That was that was <laughs> that was uh that was difficult and I made it uh, even harder. Jamie. There were some tough questions. I did yeah. say uh who made these questions at one point, Randy Carricker. Randy chimed in and said, These are easy for an old guy. <laughs> uh Chris very funny. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Chris, uh hey man, great effort. Nice job. We appreciate uh, you listening. Good job, Chris. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Have a good See one. Ya. Right. Have a good one. Bye. I mean, the the Vikings, huh, champ? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Super one. Super Bowl versus the 49ers. One, they're not in the NFC. Two, they haven't even lost six Super Bowls. They've lost four. Well, they'll lose two more soon. <laughs> I hope so. That means they're getting there. I got to be honest. I deserve that because I was just trying to take a dig at Marsh with the Vikings losing. <laughs> not that he cared when they lost the four. And it bit me in the the face, you know?
Mm. It was well, fun, though. See, Jamie, when it's blank you, it's blank me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. Yeah, you get I agree. it. Well said, yeah. by the way. You know what, Anthony? You was, just got points, though, right? I did. You know, All the you gotta Chiefs, do is just get points. Well, just get a Chiefs question on there, and I'm I'm typically pretty good. <laughs> yeah, just get points. You take the points when they're available. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yep. Oh, my goodness. We're going to try to... Uh, Dan Campbell reference. Yeah, that certainly what? was. Come on. Yeah. No, it was. Kerry. It played well. You defended Dan. I did. Earlier. Big time. We're going to get back into it next, even though he made the wrong decision. Not once, but twice. Here on 101 ESPN. Just once. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and... It's easy hindsight, and I get it, you know. Um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions, and that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't. We didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out, but I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. That was Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, following their 34-31 loss, and it was a collapse. They were up 17 uh, in the at, at, at halftime. In fact, my buddies, a lot of them are Lions fans because, uh, as you know, Jamie, I grew up mm. on Nine Mile. Yep. Um, I was getting some text messages. Just down the block. Just down the block. So my, my one buddy, Drew, he go he, he texted me. He's like, this, he goes, they're, they're collapsing. Like, this is it. He started to feel it. And I said, hey. You're a Lions fan, okay? You're not a Falcons fan. And just as I I texted that, on the screen it said, largest comeback in NFC Championship, these 49ers over the Atlanta Falcons in 2013. (laughs) I'm like, oh boy. Dan Campbell has been the guy that has gone for it all season. He's been aggressive. He, He that It's part of his, kind of his motto, I believe in my guys and all that. And his guys, as Kerry, you you talked about it, his guys let him down last night. I will say this, though. Dan Campbell evolved as a head coach throughout the course of last season. So not this past one, but last season. He made a lot of mistakes, especially in crunch time. And at the end of the year, when they beat the Packers, some of the the mistakes that he was making in-game as the you know some of the clock issues and managing the clock, he corrected. I would say this. Even though if your motto is, hey, we're just going to go for it, we're going to be ultra-aggressive, how do you evolve as a head coach? And I think in this case last night, just my opinion, Dan Campbell's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. I'm the guy that said the Vikings and the 49ers just played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's a common mistake. Yeah, and that the Vikings lost six and lost four. <laughs> Another one. Idiot. Uh, but if... I'm judging fourth down situations. I have to judge what what the moment is, what the situation is, how much time is on the clock, how many possessions my opponent does my opponent have, how many possessions do I go up if I'm up? Three possession game, possessions are limited in the second half. Time, you know, it's in, it's in the third quarter. Kick the field goal. Go up by 17 again. Erase what the 49ers partly just did. And the last one, you at least you at least could have tied it. Take your breath. I know what you're saying, Kerry. You're right. Reynolds dropped one. Gibbs fumbled. 
the corner, had one go off his domicile. Like, the Lions choked. It's not just all Dan Campbell and these two decisions. But I think in those moments, I think you have to understand what the situation calls for. The, That's my take on it. When I look at the first fourth down attempt, again, I didn't have a problem with it. You just didn't complete it. You didn't, you didn't do your job. Ball was thrown where it needed to be thrown. Receiver dropped it. No excuse for it. I'm sure if you would ask Josh Reynolds today, nine times out of ten he's catching that ball. It happened to be the one time where he didn't. And so that happens. Didn't have a problem with it, though, because the play was perfect. Everything was right. The execution just didn't come through. That's part of football. Players have to make plays. You talked about the the Brandon Ayuk catch. That was a wonderful catch. I had a coach tell me, my running back coach Kirby Wilson. I wish I had. I wish there was a a statistical number we could put on this. But he would tell me every time when the defense was on the field, if you see a DB drop a interception, more times than not the opposing team's going to score. And we would sit there and watch it. If one of our defensive backs dropped a pass that was right in his hands, maybe it's a pick six if he catches it. A, not a not a miraculous play, but a play that should be made. More times than not, the offense is going to score on that drive. It just happened. So that happened. Then the next drive, the very next opportunity you get, you're still winning the game 24-17. You fumble the ball and they recover it. I don't know how many fumbles Jameer Gibbs had this year. I would say not many. Because I haven't seen him put the ball on the ground often. But he put it on the ground first carry. And so now, short field for San Francisco, they tie the game up. At that point, all things seemed like they went out of the window. And it's unfortunate because Detroit was leading and controlling that game for the entirety of the game. From the opening drive when they ran the reverse and Jameson Williams runs in and scores a touchdown. They were the, the team that was the aggressor. And that's how they played. And unfortunately, they just didn't make enough plays when it came down to it. Nice night for the local, two local kids. James, James Williams scored the two touchdowns. Sam Laporte had another great game. So that was good to see. Yeah, yeah I just, <clears throat> I look at it from a team philosophy. Yes, Dan Campbell and his coaches, they, it was ride or die. Like, this is how we do it. And this is, this is how the Lions do it. It was almost this badge of honor that Dan Campbell had bestowed upon this team. It's like, it's going to be our way versus everybody else's way. We're going to win because of who we are, what mm-hmm. we do. And I believe in you guys, and you guys can get the job done. I totally understand that. And I'm as a, as a former player, I back it. But sometimes the coach has to save the players from themselves, too. Because as players, we'll always go for it. Yeah. I want the ball. Give me the puck. I want to play. Let's go. I want. Give me the opportunity. That's why you're there. Mm-hmm. It's because throughout your whole life you have excelled in those situations or you've wanted to be that individual I think from a mathematical standpoint and I mean by score on the board time on the clock possessions left all of that stuff I think if he kicks the first field goal it puts a lot of pressure on the 49ers to not just execute but to be almost perfect at that point and that's where I feel like the one time probably should have taken the three points the second, fourth down one, I didn't have a problem with that. I mean, I understand what he's trying to do at that point. So for me, it's sometimes the coach has to take off the cape and just sit there and play the odds in what's actually maybe mathematically better for his team. And I felt like, and I'm a Dan Campbell guy. Yeah. I just felt like that moment needed the three points. 
maybe we'll get into this later, but do you think that they were aggressive because this is their shot? Like next year, who knows what happens, right? You have the Packers who have Jordan Love. They're making, you know, a resurgence with him, and maybe they continue to build off of this season. Maybe they're the front runners next year. Ben Johnson, he's going to be a head coach. That offense might look different next year. Jared Goff getting older. Mm -hmm. Do you think he was aggressive because this was that shot? Is this the farthest that they can get? I understand. I totally understand the question. If he's thinking about that, I think that would be a crucial mistake. And that would be something that you would say, okay, why are you not thinking about how to win this game? Mm-hmm. What are the probabilities? What do you do? What, how you put your, your players in the best position to win this game? You have no idea. Jordan Love can snap his Achilles tendon in week one you know, next year, and the Packers could be done. You, you have no idea. How do you win this game? And they, they thought, to Kerry's point, they thought the best way would be continue to be aggressive, and the players just didn't, didn't make the plays. See, I, I wouldn't have had a problem with him going for it on fourth down before halftime. He kicked the field goal, though. Mm-hmm. He, he went up by 17. They decided to go kick the field goal, and go up by 17. Why is, why why is the right that? play? Because that's the right decision. But why is it right but there they, and not later on? Because later on, I, again. And it wasn't much later fewer, on. If he would have gone for it, if he would have gone for it and didn't get it, we would be questioning that. But he kicked it. Or if he would have gone for it and made it. I, at the end of the day, the players have to make plays. I can't play the game for the you. The kicker's a player. He is. Most people would say no, though. Yeah, but I'm just saying. You know who you ask. Let him do his damn Most job. People. A lot of people. Put the damn points points on the board. Kickers in Green Bay. You think they think he's a person right now? Probably not. Yeah, that's true. Let's see. It's a couple kickers. Buffalo. Kicker in Buffalo. Still a you think person. Tyler Bass? You what? think Why you would get? Yeah. You think? If he's on the side of the road and stuck there, you think people well, in Buffalo are just going to stop by and help him? They might keep driving. Here's the thing. Me and or Chiefs. drive over him. <laughs> exactly. Me and Chiefs Kingdom. We don't have to worry about it. We got Harrison uh. Buck. We got one of the best. <laughs> Reynolds is probably watching you know, game film at Get halftime. Ready. Two weeks of this, Jamie. Uh. Watching Chiefs game film, preparing for the Super Bowl. Unfortunately for him, he was watching game tape of Kadarius Toney yeah. from that game that they played earlier in the yeah, season, just, dropping the ball. He just didn't have a good game, man. He had <laughs> a couple guys? of bad drops. Third down and eight, and you got the first down. Yeah, it's a bad drop. That game one was tied at twenty four at that point. That one was worse than the, than the fourth down, in my opinion. That, yeah, because yeah. that one, but it's in his head. At that point, he's still he's thinking about it, and he did make a catch later. But at that time, that was a terrible drop. Like it's just players that keeps that drive alive. If he makes that catch, San Francisco goes down, I believe, and they scored either a touchdown or a field goal at that point. It's just players having to make plays. At the end of the day, I won't put that much. I won't give that much credit or that much blame to a coach because at the end of the day, if they got beat by forty-five and were completely outmanned and out, you know, unprepared, yeah, you know, coach, you you stunk that one up. But to lose in the manner in which they did, where you're up and guys don't make plays to to keep you with that lead, I, I, I lean and say the players didn't didn't get the job done. All right, so speaking of not getting to the job done, the Ravens didn't either. We will take we will take a look at this 49ers-Chiefs, kind of some early impressions of the Super Bowl, but how much criticism does Lamar face now? The team didn't show up. Defense did in the second half. The team, the team overall didn't. Zay Flowers made a bunch of mistakes. Uh, but Lamar, unfortunately, again, this is another playoff loss in his first in the AFC Championship game. We all look at the quarterback. So how much blame goes to Lamar? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. The Ravens lose yesterday 17-10. to Lamar Jackson statistically threw for 272, 7.4 yards per attempt. At one touchdown, one really bad pick. Also led the team in rushing with 54 yards and threw a pass to himself. There were times where Lamar was brilliant. It was one of his best passes. It was. Uh, there were That's times. Not nice. No, there were times where Lamar was brilliant, and there were times where Lamar was not. Let's be honest. He wasn't Patrick Mahomes. And if you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to be the one that's perfect. Joe Joe Burrow has beaten Patrick Mahomes on on that stage, and he was damn near perfect. Tom Brady beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, and uh, lucky for him, Kansas City didn't have an offensive line. Yep. Or else. Mahomes probably beats him. But if you're going to beat Mahomes, you're going to have to be absolutely perfect throughout the game. And Lamar just, well, I had an okay game. I didn't feel like there was a lot of adjustments on Todd Munkin's part, the OC. And I also didn't think that Lamar saw saw what Kansas City was doing and attacked it appropriately either. I think I think it's a it's a two-way street with that. I think what I saw from the Ravens offense is what we were talking about earlier in the season where like, where's the explosive plays? Where are the big plays? You had the first drive where they they threw the ball again, Nelson Aguilar didn't catch it, hit him right in the hands, probably pick up the first down, probably extend that drive. Boy, had, who who by the way, sorry, who had Josh Reynolds and Nelson Aguilar dropping passes, but Marquez Veltas scanning, catching one, catching one backwards. One. Sorry, one. go ahead. No, it, it was that was a hell of a play. Um, but there was just, I think Lamar, he didn't play well. But again, there were there were everything around him wasn't great either. I mean, the the, the play calling. I think you you run a lot of play action passes or or the the illusion of a play action pass where you're painting what we call paint. Give him a give him a, a an illusion of a of a play action pass. But it's not doing anything to the linebackers because you're not actually running the football. It's not helping or aiding in the way you want it to because you are not running the ball downhill. You're not doing those things. And so to do that and continue to throw the ball deep, they threw – you all didn't see There was three passes they threw to the sideline, to the left, after a play-action fake. And it's not a good play. It's just a guy running a nine route. There's no – I don't think there was any double move. There was – the the DB was covering running step for step with the wide receiver, and it ends up throwing the ball over his head or throwing right. it out of bounds. Yeah, multiple there times. were three or four of those passes. What are you gaining from that? There wasn't anything that I saw that said, yeah, that's the look you want to have. No. So the routes that were open, Mark Andrews over the middle, Zay Flowers over the middle, passes that get the ball out in front of him, allow his players to run and catch, catch and run and, and, and make something happen. It just didn't. For me, watching that game, it just looked very sluggish from the Baltimore Ravens aspect offensively. I just felt like the entire game, Lamar looked off balance. Whatever the Chiefs were doing schematically, you said you know they're blitzing in a whole, a whole bunch or whatever. Yeah. Watching Lamar play all season long, and then watching him play yesterday, it. it and Kerry, you know you've had this feeling before. Like I've talked about me being on the ice and feeling like there's ten guys on the ice for the opposition. <laughs> there are only five, but it feels like there's ten. You mm-hmm. can't find an open guy. You're under pressure the whole time. You're giving the puck away. You're under. And in football, I don't know what the comparable would be, but like to me, thirteen. To me, it looked like Lamar. It's <laughs> seen like Arnold seen ghosts. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. It's like the Chiefs had an extra guy or two on mm-hmm. defense, and Lamar couldn't figure it out. And as the game went on. 
you know, and I always pay attention to body language and guys' reactions. As the game went on, watching every time they panned over to Lamar, even on the sidelines, you could tell, like, he was uneasy. He, he was trying to process what was going on, how to figure it out, how to fix it, how to play better. And it felt like quicksand for him a little bit. The harder he tried to get out of it, the worse it got for him. Mm-hmm. He sunk even deeper. And at one point, it just felt like the Chiefs had just figured it out. And I know it wasn't a landslide victory, but it, it didn't look pretty at all. So that's to me, the Chiefs did a very good job of keeping Lamar Jackson, who is probably going to be the MVP of the season this year, keeping him uneasy and, and playing the way he hadn't played all year. Mm-hmm. So what now for him? That's, oh, I don't know. That's the question, right? Because Patrick Mahomes, when you when you watch him, you see somebody that takes what Andy Reid does with from a play calling standpoint, and he elevates it. Drew Brees used to do that with Sean Payton's offense. He needed Sean Payton's structure. He needed the play calling, but then he elevated it. Tom Brady was his own offense at the end, so I, you know him and Josh McDaniels, whatever. But when you see some of these, Joe Montana elevated the West Coast offense under Bill Walsh. I see a very dynamic, excellent player in Lamar Jackson. But yesterday is a prime opportunity. You're home. You're favored. Your defense is just as good as Kansas City's, if not better. They're like 1-2 in all the statistical categories. So let's just say they're even. You've got big players. You had your tight end back. Isaiah likely was could if Mark Andrews was going to be hobbled, you could have played with Isaiah Likely yeah. just like you did in the past. You had the best team all for from the second half on, but he didn't elevate the offense. He played fine, but 10 points is, I mean, it's not going to get it done. No. Zay Flowers, fumble or not. So what is now next that's going to get Lamar <laughs> over that hump? I don't know. You're stuck with him. And, and good, I don't, right? I don't mean like, that in a bad yeah. way. I don't mean, I shouldn't say that. Like, let me take that back. You still have one of the best players in the league. Yes. Okay. To your point, how do you get to the next level? How does he get past that? I, I don't know. I don't think it's adding CD, another player. No, but the CD, like, you walk us through so, right now the process of this where Lamar Jackson was so dominant, and then, again, in the face of adversity in the playoffs mm-hmm. in particular for him, he's unsuccessful. I, I think it's, it's Patrick Mahomes and it's the Kansas City Chiefs, and this is a team that I said earlier – this is they they they've done this. They've experienced this. The high pressure moment of playing in a game that takes you to the Super Bowl. This is their sixth time playing in that game. His sixth time. He's been to four Super Bowls. This is going to be his fourth. He's not he's very familiar with all of the that that's a different level of stress, strain, you know, uncomfortableness in that moment of man, we got to win this to go to to put my name in the in the names of all of the other people. And I think that's all that was. They didn't play a good game. Baltimore didn't. There were some things that that when I'm watching Lamar play yesterday, it just it was a sack he took on third and one. You as a quarterback have to know we're going to go for this on fourth down. Throw it away. And so you got sacked and now it's fourth and three. They picked it up. But just the the awareness of understanding down and distance where I'm at on the field, what this moment is in this game. I think he was so enamored with trying to make the big play. And I think that goes for all of them. We're trying to make the big play instead of allowing the big play to happen. And where Kansas City is like, man, we don't have to make the – it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to come. I'm going to throw this ball to Travis Kelsey. We're going to get a big play eventually. You're right. And they got the big play late in the game. They threw it to Valdez Scanley. He made a play. So, for me, when you're watching the Ravens, it's like the moment was 
too much on that team yeah. because they're trying to force something to happen as opposed to just letting it happen. Two quick questions regarding this, Kerry. Is, you know, Dan Orlovsky said this morning at one point that he felt like Lamar Jackson just had trouble processing what the Chiefs were throwing at him, that he wasn't processing it fast enough. Yeah. Um, so to me, that comes down to what you just said. Maybe going for the bigger, better play, it's yes. not there. All of a sudden, it's panic time. Instead of being able to process, hey, it's not there, there's my side pass over here, take two yards, we live to fight another day. You get impatient. You get you get a little uptight, a yeah. little impatient. Second part of this is, is the next step for Lamar getting him a legit running back? Like, what if they had they a have, real they running keep game? getting guys hurt. Yeah. Them guys, they tear their ACL, they tear their Achilles. No, okay, like, so then let me ask. The add, fact that Dalvin Cook didn't play, and he is a veteran, both running the ball and pass pro and catching the ball out of the backfield, that's troubling to me. Because after the second time I see um, Justice Hill get ran over or get sat down or get run through, and he's not protecting the quarterback, hey, man, what the hell are you doing? Dalvin, let's go. I need a veteran that can I can plug in and say I don't I wouldn't care if it was Patrick Ricard the fullback somebody go block the damn linebacker and get him off of the quarterback, but it didn't happen and so for me it felt like they all were pressing and just not able to make plays. Do you think this team needed to lose though in order to find what they need for next season? Because I believe that failure does breed success. You look yeah. at Mahomes; they lost to the Patriots right in the AFC I think, Championship. I, agree. I think they'll be back. I, I do, do think too. they'll be back. They got a good team. I don't think they're one and done. I don't think this is an a a season where it's you say, be a "Oh, it's a conference next year." Oh, it was Joe Burrow to be, be this back. Year. Jim Harbaugh be coaching the Chargers. There'll be a lot true. more opponents this yeah. next year. Cool. Yeah, they say the same thing this year. I, but you know, this is something that I've I've been saying this now for for weeks. I, as we talk about the Cardinals, why do you win? Why do you lose? So, March, your question: Do you know why you lost yesterday? Are you honed in on, well, you know, yeah. wasn't our time? Whatever, or, was too big. or do you realize, Carrie, I thought you brought a great point up about being patient. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are patient. Like, they're aggressive when they need to be aggressive, but they're patient. Champions are patient. Tom Brady, talk about taking the profits. Three yards, four yards, five yards, seven, 17 yards up the field. Now, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm down. Mm-hmm. Will Lamar do that? Will he be patient? Will he figure that out? Will John Harbaugh and the coaching staff say, hey, Let's look at what the Chiefs do, details matter, and emulate that so that we can get over the hump. It reminded me of uh, the the national championship game with Michael Penix Jr. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were just trying that deep ball because Absolutely. that was their team, right? Yeah. But when that did not work, they did not adjust. That's a good point. And they didn't have a running game either. Mm-hmm. And that's why they lost. And I feel like there's some similarities to that no. from the AFC championship uh, you're, game. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You gotta be you gotta be patient and again, details matter. Reacher taught us that, Marsh. <laughs> he does. Deta- details in any investigation absolutely. matter. And you could get killed for it exactly. if you don't have them. Yeah. <laughs> Reacher now streaming on Amazon Prime. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got Marsh and I. Uh, fingers dipped in the cookie you know jar. What? He's well, a Chiefs fan. Now he's a Reacher promoter. Mm, yeah. yeah. And assumptions kill, Anthony. Definitely. A lot of times the bad guys. Yep. Especially when Reacher's on the uh, mm-hmm. on the prowl, Jamie. Yeah. You'll, be careful. You'll find out. Can this, can this version, can this version of the Blues... Make some noise in the playoffs if they make it. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Fastlane on 101 ESPN. The Blues have won five straight games, and we've been talking a little bit today about the differences between what we're seeing now and what we we have seen for most of the year, which has been inconsistency. But hey, if the... it's true. Thanks, Gary. I, did, I didn't say he was wrong. I just didn't <laughs> like hearing it. <laughs> Truth hurts. It does, Anthony. Uh, a lot blue... of things hurt. Truth being one of them, especially Marsh. When Reacher's on the case, you know what I mean? Oh my goodness! I don't even know what this series is. This guy—I mean, this guy—is massive. He's massive, and he, he just likes to put a hurting on people. All right, you know what I mean, Jamie? Yeah, I kind of get the gist. He's of it. actually breaking kneecaps. He is. Yeah, consistently. Like Dan consistently. Oh yeah. Is yeah. He as only big he's as doing. Dan Campbell? Bigger. No. Oh yeah. I mean, he's setting buildings on meal? fire. <laughs> Tim Campbell is like a head taller than everybody on the field yesterday. Um, as he's on our yeah. screen, too. As he's side to side on the TV right now. <laughs> can, this, can this version, this one that we've been seeing, can this one make noise in the uh, in the playoffs if they were to make the playoffs or should we pump the brakes? Well, okay, so that's a that's a really that's a polar opposite question. Can this team win or should we just stop believing? Just answer the question, Jamie. I'm well, going to try my best. The reason being because you know how Blues fans are right now. You know where their mind is going right now. I think Blues fans are fine right now. No, I really no, do. No, no, no. I, I agree. I think but, that they're way different than Cardinals fans. No, yeah, definitely. But their mind is going back <laughs> to 2019. Funny. Like that's where the mind. So, yeah. so tell us. Well, let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> let's just let's pump the brakes on, on 2019. Okay, because that's what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, last time in January we had a streak like that. Yeah. You know how that went? That, that changed team. the coach. I see some similarities here, Jamie. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not even being negative or disrespectful. But look at the decor then. You had Alex Petrangelo, who could arguably be a Hall of Famer one day. You had Jay Bowmeister, who could be a Hall of Famer one day. You had Colton Pareko, who's now a monster, a minute muncher now, and he was that year. In the, like you had a lot of things going for you. Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko. Like you had, you had some guys, as they say. Mm. Um, but I, I do think that what the Blues are doing is they're building something positive right now. And look, we go back to last season. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun for the players. It wasn't fun for the organization. The fan base was upset. You, know, you just had grown accustomed to being a competitive team. I don't think you say winning, just competitive team. And it wasn't competitive for the most part last year. Mm-hmm. And so I think even under Craig Berube this year, the team showed a little more compete and then it just hit the end of the road. For whatever reason, it just it wasn't working anymore. And Doug Armstrong made a decision. And since that decision's been made, the team, it hasn't been perfect. But they've played a more complete game. They're competing now for 60 minutes. Braden Shen talked about the other night how they, they just don't feel like they're ever out of a game now. And they understand you know, how hard they have to defend and, and how hard they have to compete night in and night out. Losing a coach sometimes is a bit of a wake-up call for the for the team. It should have been, and it was. And I think right now the Blues are sitting tied with the L.A. Kings at 54 points in the wild-card spot, which is great. It's what you want. You win against the Blue Jackets tomorrow night, puts you at 56 points. You'll be in first or second spot for the wild-card ranking. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a little cushion behind you as the Predators, as you still have a game in hand on the Predators, and they're one point behind you. So... The Blues are in a good position. Should we sit here and go, hey, you never know? I mean, hockey is a sport where you just never know. Eighth-place teams or teams that have finished the last one in the conference to get into the playoffs have won the Stanley Cup before. Mm. 
The one thing that I'll say is that if this team gets to the playoffs and they're relatively healthy and they have a guy named Jordan Bennington, they have a chance to do something that is probably unexpected. Is that one round? Is it two rounds? Yeah, I don't know. But I believe that this team can be competitive. Any way that they don't not only get in a wild card, but actually get a three seed, no. two seed? No way. They're too, too far, far behind. Too far behind? Well, you're looking right now, they're at 54 points. The Winnipeg Jets are at 65. Yeah, 65. Yeah. And the Jets would have, have a game in hand. Stumble. Like, what they, if they win 30 in a row? Well, th- then that certainly <laughs> helps their chances, Anthony. Just saying. So just to put it in perspective, the Jets are 30, 12, and 5 is their record. The Blues are 26, 20, and 2. It's mm. a big difference. And I don't think you need Ain't to no set your sights for a climber, though. No, but I don't think you need to set your sights on worrying about that too mm-hmm. much. You know, basically put yourself in the first wild card spot. Keep creating distance between everybody beneath you. Yeah. It's fun to chase the the three teams ahead of you, of course. I mean, that's the goal. Right. But I don't think that's the ultimate prize. For me, it's getting into the playoffs because when you look at the conference overall. You know, they've beaten the Avalanche, they've beaten the Stars, they haven't beaten the Jets yet, but they've beaten the Canucks. Uh, they always play the Golden Knights very well. Like, there's some teams that are ahead of you that you're like, hey, you know what? I am not that worried. Mm-hmm. Like, in a seven-game series, let's see what happens. Yeah. So, for me, it's it's not about finishing in the top three. It's about just solidifying yourself as a playoff team. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Kerry, Jamie, Anthony, Marsh. Let's take a look at the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl matchup. Early look, 49ers, Chiefs. Your Chiefs. My Chiefs. Oh, the funny thing is, nobody wants Anthony on their bandwagon. The <laughs> text line is blowing up. They're, look, they're I, would you please stop mad. saying your Chiefs? Look, I think I that... dare you to show up in a Chiefs t-shirt tomorrow. <laughs> you know, here's the deal. Again, people people may say something, but you mm-hmm. have to understand the tone behind it. And uh, I, li- listen, I hear you, Chiefs Kingdom. I'm with you. It's you and me. Ride or die. Anthony, you have... The, the the right to uh you got to fight for your uh, right to party you're darn right Enough. yeah and you're fighting baby <laughs> that's that's exactly right Marsh Absolutely. thanks for saying that uh, Chiefs 49ers early look I think it should be obvious who's going to win this one mm-hmm. that's next on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Fast Lane podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Early look at the Super Bowl matchup. Here's my take. What do you got? I see that the Niners are laying one and a half. It was two and a half. It's a mistake. Okay. Odds makers don't make mistakes, but it does happen, you know, I don't know, 2% of the time. This is one of those 2%. They should not be favored. The Kansas City Chiefs should be favored. Why? Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Nothing else needs to be said. Brock Purdy. You can drop the mic. That's it. (laughs) we got an hour left, so I'm going to keep talking. Okay. (laughs) Kerry. I know some of you don't want me to, but I'm going to do it. Kerry. Yes, sir. Brock Purdy has played maybe one half of good football. In the playoffs? Three quarters. This playoffs? This playoffs. Three quarters of good football. 
Is it that much? One half and a and a drive of good okay, football. There you go. He had one good drive against Green Bay. He had one good half yesterday. You cannot get away with playing suboptimal football if you're the quarterback opposite of Patrick Mahomes. No, you shouldn't. It's not going to work out well for you. And Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to carve up San Francisco's defense, who did not play well again. We could talk about the Lions and Campbell's decisions and Josh Reynolds dropping the ball and all Mm -hmm. this. Let's not overlook the fact that San Francisco again played poorly defensively. Yeah. They got run on. They allowed plays in the secondary. They got they really got I mean to the tune of 182 yards. Was, it was it was bad. Uh, I'm about to I'll probably step in this, but did Goff even get sacked? Uh I think once. Once with that D-line. That's it. One time. Uh let's see your sacks two. Somehow they twice. got two. It was Bosa twice. Oh, that makes sense. Because he's really all they have from a pass rush standpoint. This San Francisco defense is not is not anything to write home about. Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to hang twenty seven plus on this on that defense, if not thirty plus. I could see that. My question would be to you: How, other than Travis Kelsey? I know Rasheed Wright. Rasheed Wright, Isaiah Pacheco. They, they had they they ran Marcus so many screens. <laughs> They ran so many screens yesterday, the Chiefs did, mm-hmm. like the really a tunnel screen to the receiver at the line of scrimmage, and Baltimore didn't come up and make tackles. They didn't adjust to it. They You got to get that guy on the ground. He can't catch a ball at the line of scrimmage and then turn it into an eight-yard gain or a 12-yard gain. That, that's how they made a lot of – they threw a bunch of them to Kelsey. They threw some of them to Rasheed Rice. They made a lot of plays that way. If you limit that from, from the Kansas City Chiefs because – we know right now their their best offensive player is Travis Kelsey. Marquez Valdez Scantling caught a big pass, and maybe the confidence is coming. I still wouldn't trust it. Not to be a part of the actual game plan where you're forced to throw him dig routes or comebacks or or oh, curl God, no. routes just two, or just two passes slant deep. Routes. That's it. That's all he needs. <laughs> well, if you, you hope he catches one of them. <laughs> if you shut that down, which should be shut down, uh-huh. I think you make it a little bit more difficult Carrie. for the Chiefs to have success. I'm still going with the Chiefs. Kerry, so. we saw – Jamie, you hang tight, okay? I'm talking Chiefs. I'm passionate about <laughs> this. Kerry. All day long. <laughs> we saw Matt LaFleur and Ben Johnson absolutely own Steve Wilkes. I agree. Own them. You don't think Andy Reid's going to do the same thing? Probably. Thank Andy you. Andy Reid doesn't have a running game. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Are you kidding me? No, he doesn't. Watch. He stuck with the run yesterday. Barely. 26 carries for Pacheco, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't it like the, something like that? So here's yeah, 24. My, here's 24. my bigger question to you guys. Is obviously Patrick Mahomes, that's that's the cheat code for the Chiefs. Correct. Bottom line. Where do we... Like, can the Chiefs score and keep pace with the Niners? Yes. And what happens? Know. And what happens when the Chiefs get a lead? Because the 49ers aren't going to do three comebacks been, in a row. They have been I down twice. Right now exactly. you're just fawning over the Chiefs right now. Yes. It is blurring your overall perspective <laughs> on football, though. It's because he's sitting in this. BK's chair. He Totally. I've sat in this chair for a long time. It's like BK's inside of you right now. <laughs> you know? like No. I don't know. You know, Anthony. <laughs> it's like Freaky Friday. Yeah. No. He's controlling your emotions. I don't know. That's what I meant. Okay, so when I think about the 49ers, I look at the last couple of games and I I have confidence in Brock Purdy. A couple reasons. 
Hear me out. I know he's the game manager. Oh, okay. okay. He stunk the last two weeks. Quiet. I said, hear me out. That means quiet. <laughs> so the last two games, what did he manage to do? He put together a set of downs at the end of a game to go win a football game. That's what he did two games ago. Last game, he was nowhere to be found in the first half. And the second half, what did he do? He put points up on the board for his team, so much so that even at one point, he ended up on the day, guys, three yards short of the same amount of rushing yards as Lamar Jackson. That's Brock Purdy, who's not supposed to be doing that stuff. That's on the, that's on the Detroit Lions. Okay, but fine. Hang it up. But There's always an excuse, <laughs> is what I'm saying. There's always a reason that Brock Purdy's successful, well, no, and I- it's never crediting him. And I'm looking at this guy right now who's done nothing but win since he's been a 49er, and he's Mr. Irrelevant. He's not supposed to be doing mm-hmm. it. You see him walking down the street, you want a guy to balance your checkbook. He looks like an accountant. I, don't, I want to hand him the ball in the Super Bowl, but here we are. <laughs> That's drink. Well, either way. I already got my guy. No, did you see, the, drink. Did you see Brock Purdy leaving the stadium? He yeah. looked like a Boy Scout. Just like, do, 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 do. I'm like, okay, this guy's he's going to the Super Bowl, this guy. Really? So, I don't know. I, I look at it from a couple different perspectives. A lot of people just have this, or just give it to the Chiefs, and yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. I understand why you do that, but the 49ers overall, man for man, are a better team on paper. They, man for man, they're a better team. And you can't tell me that Kyle Shanahan can't match wits with Andy Reid offensively. He doesn't have to. He's going to have to match wits with Steve Spagnuolo, the best defensive coordinator in the league. <sighs> Who me. who held Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to right. 10 points yesterday. Anthony. We'll see. <clears throat> we'll yeah, see. we will see. We'll see. I was about to say something. Go, I already know the answer. You going to the, you going for the Niners? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm right. all in. Do you guys like this Super Bowl matchup? You have a bad day two, <laughs> two weeks from now. <laughs> my wallet, Adam. Take it. Go ahead. I, I will actually. <laughs> you've, been, you've been working a lot, so. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. Do you guys like this Super Bowl matchup? I yes, do. I do. I think it's gonna be close. A rematch from from a couple of years ago. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I think it's a. I think. It's going to be a good game. I can't wait for Mr. Be... Irrelevant to be the MVP. Cool. He won't. That'd be nice. Well, he won't be. The, that's the easy way out. He won't. No, he won't, Jamie. Patrick Mahomes I, listen, you're, 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 loses. you're outside when we started this segment, so you didn't hear me say, and this is a fact. <laughs> you were gone last Brock. week. You were outside. It's always when I'm not here. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, show up every once in a while. Brock Purdy. But you have to look to find me, Anthony. <laughs> I'm right here. Brock Purdy, Jamie, yeah. has played one half and a drive of good football in the postseason. Yeah, and has he That's won it. two games? He's a winner. Yeah. He's a winner. So is Mahomes. If he, he would have had another arm last year, they would have won the Super Bowl last year. Well, that was last year. This year? You disgust me. Different story. Mm-mm-mm. Are you two done? Tell him. Probably not. It'll be going on all week. What do you want me to tell him? <laughs> tell him who's going to win. I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to win because Attaboy, Anthony's Marche. track record is terrible. He, he Well, Marcy, I will tell you this. He picked the right side this time. Finally. Oh, yeah. Mr. Ravens Hold over on, here. Hold uh, you, you and I were going out in flames here together. We did. I don't know why you just all of a sudden, Carrie's like, yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah, he's been terrible with his picks. Meanwhile, you're the Ravens. Uh, By the way, we have bet the, the board at the end of the show. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, right. Right. See who is and the Oh, no, it's me. Okay. All right, it's a fast lane on 101 at ESPN. What the hell you guys want to talk about next? You want to go back to the Cardinals, Blues, stay with football? We don't need to do the Cardinals. That's just anything but the Chiefs, okay? Why? What do you got in the Blues? Do you want to do dealer's choice? Blues? 
Yeah, let's do some blues. All right, we'll talk about some blues here. Jamie's going to tell us all why. I don't know. He'll think of something in the break. Three seed. No, Carrie. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 2019 all over again. Uh, yeah. Who's been the most? <laughs> who's been to the most important players in this five-game winning streak? Jamie will rank them one through <laughs> one through 92. <laughs> one through 92 in the organization. Next, I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So during this five-game winning streak, who has been the key components for you, Jamie? There's been some obvious ones. You know, guys that obviously find in the back of the net, they help. Jordan Biddington's been great. But well, why don't you just go ahead and name them all then, Anthony? <laughs> he asked me and then goes ahead and names them, Kerry. Go ahead. Besides Pavel Buchnevich, yeah. Robert Thomas, <laughs> yeah. Jordan Cairo. Jake Neighbors. Jake Neighbors. Yeah. Brandon Saad. Braden mm-hmm. Shen, the captain. <laughs> Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Oh, Oscar Sundquist. Don't forget about Sonny. Nikita Alexander. Don't forget Nathan Walker. Well, you got your blue liners, too, guys. Oh, you got your Tory yeah. Krugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who did you give the air? Yeah, hey, what? Carrie's <laughs> just having a good time. I don't know. Okay. Right. So, yeah, out of a. No. Out of all the rosters, that's a great segment, roster. guys. Yeah. Uh, bet the board coming up next. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, right. no, we still got a lot to go here. Well, you just named half the team. I think he named like three fourths of the team. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so there's a fourth of, left. Yeah, so out of those guys, yeah, <laughs> most important. Right. Okay, so uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, it starts from the net out. Jordan Bennington has been incredible this entire month. December was a bit of a down month, but if you remember, he got a lot of work in December. And talking to the coaching staff, they said that, you know, Joel Holfer was still adjusting a little bit to everyday NHL, and they were looking to scale him back a little bit. So Binner got a little extra work. And if you remember that crazy schedule that we had, uh, we were all over North America in the month of December. It was it was grueling. It was tough. Uh, but since the, the the new year has turned, Jordan Bennington has been lights out. I mean, fantastic in between the pipes. And Joel Hofer has played very well at the same time. So I think for me, you know, the goaltending, we'll call that goaltending, that's been the beginning of it. If you don't get good goaltending, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. And then when you expand that now to the blue line, Nick Letty and Colton Pareko are playing fantastic. I think Nick Letty gets overlooked a lot of times because he's just quiet, but he's smooth. Like, he skates so well out there. I'm watching him at ice level, and, you know, you're watching him, and it's just almost effortlessly as he just pulls away from guys, and he's barely, like, even breathing hard. You're like, man, that must be nice. <laughs> and it is. And But you pair him up with Colton Pareko, who uh, for a couple of years now, as I've called him, the one-man breakout, because two strides, he's out of the zone. You know, and you're gone, you're off to the races. So th- those two as a pairing have been really good. They've been steady. They've been solid. They've been paired up against the other team's top lines, night in, night out. They're great on the penalty kill. They're adding some offense. Nick Letty with a goal the other night. We know Colton Pareko has stepped up offensively this year. So for me, you know, those two guys right there on the blue line have been everything for this team. If you want to go, you know, dive in deeper or peel back some more layers on the defensive core, Matthew Kessel stepping up the way he has has been huge for this team. Marco Scandella, who sat out for a couple of games and the team lost with three in a row, mm-hmm. 
Drew Bannister said, yeah, I don't know if there's anything to this, but we're going to put this <laughs> Scandella guy back in the lineup, and they've r- rattled off five in a row. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying he's the only reason that mm-hmm. they've won five in a row, but he's a part of it. Yeah, and, and he's been a real calming partner for guys like Perunovic, guys like Matthew Kessel, whoever he's been paired with, it seems to have been working very well. Yeah, And, and Tori Krug, you know what, the, the offensive numbers aren't there. But he's playing a bigger role overall for this team. And him and Matthew Kessel have been very good together. So you can't overlook that. Because I know people, that they, they, there's a lot of um, people that are on one side of the fence or the other with Tory Krug. And I think it's based upon just flat-out offensive numbers because this is supposed to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Well, the power play overall is is playing better right now. And Tory Krug's playing a pretty good all-around game for your team right now. And you need him. So working our way up from there... <clears throat> before we get to the big guys, because it's pretty easy to say Thomas, Cairo, and Buchnevich, but Buchnevich and Cairo kind of had hot and cold patches there for a little bit, and Robert Thomas kept producing, uh, you know, with some assists and making plays, and Robert Thomas has turned into one of the best two-way hockey players in the NHL. He's right up there now. His score and his his stats and everything that you want to talk about for an all-around player, it matches up against some of the best in the NHL right Mm -hmm. now. So it, it does beg the question at some point, does somebody really start to pound the drum for the Selkie Trophy for Robert Thomas? Like the other night, he's, he's playing against the other team's top line every time. And it's not because they're matching up against him. Drew Bannister has Robert Thomas's line matched up against the other team's mm. top line. Yeah. Last change, Thomas, you're going out there. You have the tough assignment. And he's been handling it very well, and, and they've been winning games. So you have to look at that. But for me, I think that this team... Really, their identity comes down to their captain. And Braden Shen has been really, really good here in the last nine games. Played very well. I think five goals, four assists in the last nine games. You know he shows up every game physically. He sets the tone with the way he plays. And right now, that line of Saad, Neighbors, and Shen has been fantastic. Jake Neighbors, to your point earlier, he's playing way above Mm -hmm. his years. He looks like a veteran guy that's been in the league for three, four years now. And this is really only his first full season. Right. So uh, all of those things kind of mixed in together has given you what you have right now. And all your role players that are the sprinkle, the add-ons here and there, the walkers, the sun, the sunnies, the haze, the, you know, those guys, they've been playing very well. They, they haven't been costing you games. They've been adding to the energy, adding to the physicality. So right now this team remains competitive because of the blue collar attitude and then you sprinkle in some of that high-end talent that's able to put the puck in the net. How good can Matthew Kessel be? <laughs> He's 15 games in his yeah. t- into his career, yeah. but he he it doesn't look like it. How good can he be? Uh, yeah, that's so tough because that position's so difficult to play. Mm. And I don't want to sit here and say he could be like a Justin Falk. Because Justin Falk, we can't forget that he's put up 40, 50 points in this league before. He's been a power play guy. You know, He's been pretty elite to the point where he's making $6.5 million right now. And you know, does Matthew Kessel get to that point? I don't know. Yeah, it, The NHL is weird from the standpoint that you could have 20, 25 games of great hockey, and then things just happen. Mm-hmm. People come back from injury. You don't get the same ice time. You have a hiccup, and then your confidence goes. And then, like, So I, I don't want to put a ceiling on him, per se, but I think what we're seeing is the real deal. So if we're going to operate in real time, in the now what I'm seeing is a guy that can play top four minutes for you. Is he top two, top three? No, but top four minutes to where he's mm-hmm. playing that 17 to 19 minutes a game. I think he looks pretty damn comfortable doing it. And right now, that's what you take. 
Because who's the next guy in the pipeline defensively for you? You, you really don't. You have Callie Rosen, but he's an old guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, old guy, meaning like he's a, he's a veteran guy. Yeah, he's right, not like you're right. developing yeah. him anymore. Yeah. Tyler Tucker. So, Tyler Tucker. But Tyler Tucker, to me, and I'd say this, if you're standing right here, in fact, I've said it, is the physicality has to be more regular. Mm-hmm. It cannot be sporadic. Mm-hmm. It cannot be one night against Brady Kachuk and then you don't see it anymore. Like, it's got to be in your face every single shift, every single time, and this last little conditioning to the American Hockey League may have poked enough to realize, gotcha. like, okay, I don't, that was nice and all. It's good to see the guys. <laughs> but, I want to be uh, up here. Yeah, I I'd rather be up here. So we'll see what version we get. Does Matthew Kessel remind you of a early Colton Pareko? Maybe not so much, like, the, the stature or, like, his ceiling, but from, like, a standpoint of coming out of nowhere. Colton Pareko wasn't like a high draft pick by any means. No, but Kessel was a little more... He didn't just come out of nowhere. He played on a national championship team at UMass. For sure. He was highly touted as a defenseman. Um, Colton Pareko did come out of relative obscurity. He played hockey, (laughs) college hockey in Alaska. In Alaska, and you know, one of the Blues scouts had seen him play in the, I believe it was the Alberta Junior Hockey League at one point, and saw this mountain of a, of a man and was like, oh, nobody's really talking about this guy. Kind of tracked him through to Fairbanks, Alaska, and then the Blues kind of rolled the dice on him a little bit. And, and he ended up obviously panning out, to say the least. I, I don't know if I put Matthew Kessel in that category because he's kind of he was front and center on a national championship team, mm-hmm. which makes it hard to hide yeah. at that point. So I think from his professional development – you know, going from where he was in Springfield and like nobody really talking about him mm-hmm. to where now he's in the top four and he's playing every night. I would compare it that way to where he's made that jump very quickly. Mm-hmm. Blues go four, six straight tomorrow night against the Blue Jackets. Pre-game starting right here on 101 ESPN at 6 o'clock. we got our biggest question of the day next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. With Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis, NHL veteran Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. Here is Andrew Marsh with the biggest question of the day. All right, guys, we talked earlier today about the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game. We touched on the Super Bowl at the beginning of this hour, but let's look at the teams that lost. Where do these teams go from here? Do they have a hangover heading into next season? Can they get back to being in this spot next year? I think the hangover is going to be with the Niners when they lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It's typically what happens. You get the, the well, guys, you laugh with the. I mean, you see it. You see it a lot of time with the the Super Bowl hanger hangover for the losers. Eagles, perfect example, right? So I think the actual hangover is going to be with the 49ers. Uh, Jamie brought up a really good point though about the AFC conference in relation to the uh, the Ravens. AFC being yeah. tougher this year. Well, next year it'll absolutely be tougher. You've got. Joe Burrow, that'll be back yep. with the Bengals, which will make them way more competitive. I believe Jim Harbaugh partnered up with Justin Herbert. I believe the Chargers to be a better team next year. Mm-hmm. Don't know what to expect from the Broncos or the Raiders, for that matter. <laughs> but I do expect, and look, I don't know what Cleveland's going to have up their sleeve either. I don't know if Joe Flacco's coming back or Deshaun Watson. I don't know who the solution is there. There's a lot of millions and millions of dollars tells me that Deshaun Watson's probably going to be under center next year for the Cleveland Browns. 
So I just think overall that, that it's just going to be very competitive in the AFC. It's going to make it more difficult. Yeah, big time. But I think the Ravens can still, given all their talent, I don't think they're losing a whole lot. At least they're not losing the key components, and they can add too. Keaton Mitchell coming back will be huge for them. I don't know what's left of J.K. Dobbins. I feel horrible for the kid. He's just he's ACL been, Achilles. Yeah, like how yeah. effective you're running back. How effective can you be? But the Ravens can find a, a, a capable running back in the middle rounds to complement Lamar Jackson. You, you can, Carries fixated on the past. I don't blame you there. So bothered. Yeah. I'm just watching well, this. this. To ridiculous. your point, though, Kerry, everybody's, we all focus on the quarterback, of course. You're right, though. There's many moments in the game where the, where the pass blocking yeah. was atrocious in front of Lamar. Yeah. I still think that there should have been something between him and Todd Munkin to, to beat the blitzes that Spags was constantly throwing at them. Yeah, block. But <laughs> if they're only rushing four, block them. Kerry, uh... <laughs> How's the Ravens blocking game from the backfield? Just out of curiosity. Not great, man. It's <laughs> terrible, man. I just showed y'all some like come on. Like as a running back coach, I I would have been I would have lost my damn mind. Guys, here's my opinion of it. It's like blocking shots in hockey. You either are def- willing to yes. do it because you, you know it yes. hurts, or you don't. You're not. That's willing. it. There's so no you glory. You can't teach it. Then you, you guys have you, to be willing. Well, you can teach the the, the techniques. Technique, but if you're the playing, will. yeah, the will to do it is another thing. Justice Hill was blocking Justin Reed, and he ran up in there like he was Ray Lewis trying to fill the B gap. He's not going to try he to was, run you over. He was blocking. He, air quotes because it wasn't blocking, man. No. It just you he know. was a speed bump. He basically, on his way to the damn quarterback. Get out of the way, little fella. That place is to be. Super Bowl. You should be here. Yeah, so, yeah, hopefully. I think the, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they had a great season. Probably MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson. Um, they did an outstanding job all year long. They only lost four games in the regular season, and really three if you take away that last game against the Steelers, against the Steelers which they sat everyone. So they lost three games, essentially, and, and those three games, they lost by three to the Colts and I think two to the Browns and then seven to the to the Steelers the first time. That's all, not a lot of points. All winnable games. All within the last possession they, of the game. They choked the Cleveland game and the Pittsburgh game. Yes. The Indi- well, I mean, honestly, the Indy all game, too. Yeah. And, Matt Candy and, and you exclude the last game. Five fifty yarders. So. so, and it was, you know, so they, they are poised to have a really good team going forward, going into the next season. Can they stay healthy? Can they rebound from the mistakes that they made and use this as a learning lesson? Because this was a this was a tutorial, what they saw from the from the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. It's a team that has done it and has had success doing it and were not, you know, I don't want to say afraid of the moment, because I don't think the Ravens were, but they weren't in awe of the moment. And I think at times the Ravens were in awe of where they were and what it meant had they won that game. And I'm looking as we look at the Lions, since they're the other team that lost, I'm looking at their free agents for next year. There's none that you can't overcome. Josh Reynolds, you know, maybe maybe they say, hey, uh, thanks, but no thanks. We saw your work yesterday. <laughs> CJ Gardner-Johnson wound up being a, a, a good player for them, so maybe they look to bring him back on a He's multi-year a deal. Vitae, their guard, is 31. Everybody else, you've got you've got kind of some some depth pieces. So, in other words, I think the Lions have every opportunity to win the NFC North again next year. 
the Packers are going to be competitive. We'll see what the Bears do Vikings. with the number one overall pick. If Kirkie Cousins is back for the Vikings, then you're good. And it looks like Brian Flores is going to be the D- the DC again. So yeah, th- that's that's a really tough division. It's the toughest division in the NFC. But the Lions, they know exactly who they are. They're well prepared. They're well coached. They've got more than enough talent on both sides. They got to figure out what to do with the secondary because the secondary was a, a big issue. But there's mm-hmm. always cornerbacks available in every round i think the lions with another good draft they had a great draft last last year red carry you and i didn't think so originally but they turned out pretty good they proved they 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 proved they know what they're doing brad holmes knows what he's doing so you know i think the lions are more than capable of making another run next year like i don't see the window closing for either of these teams the ravens well for the lions how important is the offensive coordinator there like how important that's is that? Be that's, that's, that, that's a great question. Yes. That's going to be their biggest question. Because really. Jared Goff in that offense, it, it feels like Ben Johnson's unlocked something. Like Dan Campbell can say whatever he wants about having confidence and faith in, in Jared Goff, and I knew it. He's going to be my guy. Mm-hmm. He's not the offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was an offensive guy when he played. I get it. But he wasn't the offensive coordinator. Right. It's going to be a big hire for them this offseason. Who hire. they bring in, and will they to, mesh well to, with Jared yeah, Goff to try and, to lead this yeah. offense? Yeah. It, it, it will be a different offense, maybe different terminology, unless you promote from within and you try to keep you know the core principles of the offense the same. But if you get a new offensive coordinator and from outside of the organization, they generally want to call it what they call it, and then you'll spend the whole offseason trying to learn a new offense. So. You know, it could it could be problematic for the uh, for the fun. Detroit no. Lions. Oh no, not learning those offense terms. But if you if you hire if you hire Dan Campbell, he's got to make the the wise decisions yeah. on the coordinators, and and he did. Mm-hmm. So you got to trust that he's the CEO. He's going to make another good hire. I don't think that Aaron Glenn. Is gets, Aaron Glenn going? That's going to ask. I, I, is, I think is Aaron going to be Seattle. May I mean maybe maybe that's who they were waiting on. I think Washington was definitely waiting on Ben Johnson. Yeah, You're right. We, maybe maybe Seattle was waiting on Aaron Glenn. So so Mike Vrabel, like we talked about Belichick, Mike Vrabel doesn't get a head coach. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't get a job. I mean, I don't think so. He must not. He, he must not interview well. He must be one of those guys where it's like take it or leave it. This is who <laughs> I am. Yeah. And a lot of these owners are like, I'll oh, leave it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll I mean, he, he's probably he probably is has got a little. He's junior Bill Belichick. Where he sits across from me and he's like, listen. You know me. You know me. You know what I do. You know you want. If you want this, call me. And they're like, we don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be wine to dine, uh, man. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. That's your biggest question of the day. We've got Bet the Board, three stars, criticisms, compliments next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from throughout the show today, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. Podcast is brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Had some fun today. Talked a little football. Carrie uh, absolved Dan Campbell of any wrongdoing. I definitely did. Not that he's the head coach or anything. Carrie's like, he's done nothing wrong. Not really. But we broke down the AFC Championship game, the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Carrie and I also talked about how wrong we were. Uh, going uh, going against the Chiefs, something I'll never do again. 
That's why I become a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and right I feel like feel like a lot of people are excited today about that. About me yeah, hopping so on much. that bandwagon. <laughs> At least in my mind, they are. Mm-hmm. Also talked about the Blues' five-game winning streak and how they're ripping up the NHL on their way to 25 more straight. So that would be 30 overall. Sure would be nice. And uh, you know, claim one of the top three spots in the Western Conference. It's all available on the podcast. Let's bet the board now, Jamie. Yeah, you have been rolling. Ish. I mean, for for us, out of us, you've been rolling. What's your pick tonight? So there's only one game in the NHL tonight. That is the nasty Nashville Predators visiting the Ottawa Senators. Yes. I'm going with the home team. Ottawa Senators, Senators minus 102 Whew. in this game here. At home. Uh, playing a little more inspired here recently. And bottom line is I just can't find it in me to... <laughs> Bet on the Predators. Fair. I respect it. Yeah. All right, Marsh, you're in second place. Go for it. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that same game. I'm going to go with the over first period total goals of one and a half. That's a great Okay. Goal. All right. Sounds pretty Gary. darn good. I'm going to stick with the basketball because the Clippers haven't let me down yet. I'm going to go uh, them minus 126 on the money line over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Really? Yeah. So I thought long and hard about this. There's only one NHL game tonight on the slate. And my guy, Drew Saros, has been playing outstanding. Outstanding hockey. I got to go with Drew Saros here. Uh, Who? And the Hughes. Hughes Saros. You see Saros? I don't care. Yeah, no, it's fine. Anthony doesn't, doesn't, Listen, like can't, really doesn't see him. Hey, you know what? I don't care what his, what his mom and dad uh, named him. I care about his production. He's a human being. Not to me, not tonight. I need this guy. To win. I need a guy, this guy to play good. Yeah, you need these guys to beat the center so they can be yeah. ahead of the Blues again. No, I'm That's not thinking a, that I mean, way. Listen, <laughs> there's, there's one game tonight, Jamie. I'm going with the one game. I'm, I'm a hockey guy. Games. There's other prop bets. I got no football to <laughs> there's prop play bets here. here. I got to go with the hockey. I don't feel like it's necessary that you bet against your Blues. So UC Saros is going to have himself a big game tonight He's against the centers. He is. He is. I know it. <laughs> I just don't injured. know what. Well, he's back. Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. He's back. He hasn't been injured. He's been playing great. I just like to see you scramble. <laughs> Give me the Predators. You jerk. Uh, yeah. Ottawa's been fine of late. Not the strongest home team. So, going with, uh, going with Nashville. Hmm. You don't want to take the total saves over or under? No, he, nah, he's he, all about the juice. Now he's got no faith. 28 and a half. Listen, Kerry, that would be too easy, but I'm a team guy. <laughs> I'm taking Nashville. All right. It's weird. You're going against Jamie's pick. I'm not going against Jamie. There's only, there's only one game. <laughs> I see what's going ah. on here. What are the standings? Do we have do we have a record? Yeah, yeah we do have the standings. Uh, <laughs> what are we chasing? Of course. Yeah. Jamie, nine and six. Huh. By the way, there's only three days left in the oh, month. I need both uh, of you all to lose somehow. Anthony, Anthony six and nine. That's weird. That's that's a three game swing right there. Huh. Well, what do you mean? It sounds the like you need Jamie to lose. Well, I mean, listen, I'm not rude against him, but I am competitive. <laughs> you know. So, I right, mean, if Anthony. he loses, that means you win. It's just ironic. Uh, it's just, right. Cream rises to the top. <laughs> it certainly does. I'm rooting for a tie. That's why Soros <laughs> is gonna ride. To the top. I'm rooting for. I'm just. Rock, I want rise. no one to win. 
Yeah, that's your best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, here are the uh, the current standings. Jamie's in first. He's nine and six. I'm in second, eight and seven, and then Anthony and Carrie, you are tied for last, six and nine. I don't know. You have to put it that way. We're just right. we're six and nine. <laughs> <laughs> we are tied for last. <laughs> yeah, you're tied. We're six and nine. I mean, yeah, but you're still in last place. Okay. It's fine. You're tied in think, that place. I don't, I don't think you needed to add that. A lot of, there's a lot of additional words. Look, Marsh, <laughs> you'll learn this. Just cut down. Cut down on the words. They're more effective. Okay, we'll go by uh, who's playing well lately or who's picking well lately. Carrie, unfortunately, you're on a three-game, three-pick losing streak. Oh Anthony's only God. on a two. So oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah there you oh. go. Yeah. I need to know who I picked. Oh, I want to do that again. Well, you I picked the Atlanta picked the under. one. You picked the uh, under. That was, yeah. When Luca went off. I went for 73. I picked the damn under on the entire game, and Luca damn near had the over by himself. It's 73 in his own. Oh, my God. I saw that, and I said, you got to be freaking kidding me. Good Lord. But I saw the update on my phone, like the ESPN update go, oh, Luca, 73, breaking news. I go, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that like was a 300 points in that game. game. Yeah, yeah. I had like 300 points in that game. Oh, man. That's too okay. funny. You guys ready for some criticisms and compliments? Yeah. All right. From the 314, if you can't pronounce a player's name right, you have no business working for an all-sports station. Oh. Well, you know what? This guy's name is hard to pronounce. Which guy? Well, UC Soros, but... Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm like, we say names wrong all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I called Afonso Ribeiro earlier. Yeah. I mean... Afonso <laughs> My bad. We're not trying to pronounce Rivas. the name. The oh, name. there's some complicated names out there. Yeah, like UC Soros. Uh-huh. Mm. Just to be good. Uh, first the thing, that was, was my nickname for him, Juice. <laughs> juice. He's the Juice. The Juice. Juice, juice yeah. Williams. I thought Soros. you thought you were playing around at first. And then as you kept going, I realized. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy looked right at me. I was like, I think he said his name wrong. But I thought, okay. Oh, he's the Juice. I yeah, thought you were doing like what I do, just give a guy a nickname, you know? Yeah. I did. No, you did not on purpose, though. <laughs> I stumbled Sometimes into it, Jamie. Sometimes into it. Yeah. yeah. The Juice. Even better. And there's a lot more reasons why I shouldn't be on sports radio mm. than mispronouncing yeah. names. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of great players out there with the name Juice. Yeah. Oh, I'm wrong with that. Be uh, careful, though. Certainly. No, mm. no. <laughs> right. I was going to say something. I'm yeah, just, not just keep say going. Uh, from the 314, can Low Anthony, fruit. can Anthony please pick a team and stick with them? He's so annoying. Mm. For what? I don't disagree. I got the Chiefs. You're not a Fal- so you are you are you no longer a Falcons fan? I'm a Chiefs fan right now. <laughs> Jamie's got three teams. Right? Yeah, I'm not annoying. I've been committed to them long term. Three teams. I know Detroit is one. I was committed to them before the oh, season. He's a Patriots. He's a Patriots, the he's a Patriots yeah. fan. He's a Bucks fan. He's a Lions fan. Yeah. You got, you, I'm the you annoying know, Buccaneers one. Buccaneers fan. Well, ish. <laughs> oh my god. Ish. I only got one NFL team. Oh well, we know, Kerry. We know. The Ravens. Chiefs. Nah. I'm rooting for them now, though. Yeah, you are. Maybe I got two. Uh, Anthony, you mentioned earlier that you were having a text conversation with your old pals from, from Detroit, and yeah. someone from the Snake Pit said that this is probably what this conversation looked like, that, you know, they're complaining about the team blowing the game, and, Anthony, you said to your buddies, that's why I've been a Chiefs fan for life. <laughs> right. 
That's exactly right. <laughs> you should hop on this bandwagon is what I was saxing them. CFL. <laughs> Chiefs for life. Yep, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. Hey, we're a kingdom. Yeah. Or a yeah, week. We are. What's you know what, Anthony? A week. Two Chiefs. weeks. You know what? For two weeks. A tattoo <laughs> for me would show your commitment. Okay. Big Chiefs tattoo. Yeah. Right, yeah. Somewhere. Right Anywhere. on the yeah, yeah, right on the heart. Right on the heart. Right on the heart. I gotta see it. Yep. Otherwise yeah. I don't believe it. That's a good point, Kay. <laughs> Otherwise you can't say it anymore. <laughs> Are you guys ready for the three stars of the day? Yes. Yes. All right. Our third star of the day. Goes to Rafe for filling in yeah, while nice you guys job, were in the break nice room. Nice job, Rafe. Congratulations yeah, we were, to Rafe. We a, All three of us we were, were having home. a very serious conversation. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Solving problems. Didn't realize we were supposed to be I working. didn't realize the break was like 12 <laughs> seconds long. It was long. like 35 <laughs> seconds. Like I walked down the hall and they're screaming. <laughs> I know. Here? There was pure panic. <laughs> yeah. Second star of the day. Goes to the Minnesota Vikings for making history as the yeah. only NFL team lose to lose to another NFC team in the Super Bowl, according to Anthony Stalter. Somebody that all juice. Somebody, somebody that sucked, tweeted at me goes, "Still not six Super Bowls for the Vikings." Hashtag If you say it, it doesn't make it true. Ah, <laughs> uh, whatever. And our first star of the day goes to a group of people, a group of people, and especially one person today. Number one star here in the fast lane goes to all the bandwagon chief fans that live in the St. Louis area. Yeah, you know it's it's tough. You know, you see him win yesterday, Mm -hmm. you're thinking, "I'm never going to go against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes again." And then you just jump on the bandwagon and you start bragging about it, like you've been, you start acting like you've been a Chiefs fan forever, and. Yeah, hey, it is. That, that is kingdom, annoying. That kingdom needs a king. Yeah. You're darn right it does. Yeah, do. <laughs> well said, Marsh. Got well one said. right here. Mm-hmm. Right <laughs> in the fast lane. Got your king right here. <laughs> it's not the king you wanted or deserved. The one you're going to get. But the one you're going to get. <laughs> king me. For Andrew Marsh, Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalton. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.